This episode of the show is brought to you by Louisville Music Studios, located at 4220 Trio Avenue in Louisville, Kentucky. 40219 is the zip code. The phone number for booking rehearsal time is 502-693-7462. Louisville Music Studios is an awesome rehearsal place. They have hourly rooms you can rent. They have monthly rooms you can rent. If you want to camp out and work on a bunch of stuff and build a band, whatever you want to do. The staff there is awesome. David, Aaron, and Justin are amazing. Uh, They have helped me out greatly, both at LMS and at a gig. Uh, so I suggest you go check them out if you have not already. They have really cool rates, including free. That's right. If you call that number to book some rehearsal time and you mention the Bar Star podcast, you will get your first hour of rehearsal for free. Yes, free. I'm giving away free shit, people. That's awesome. So take advantage of it. Go check out Louisville Music Studios if you haven't already. And if you already have, then you know what's up. And, uh, oh yeah, enjoy this episode of the Bar Star Podcast. The Bar Star Podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest, I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second, who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's going to listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Stupid. Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for coming back once again to hang out with my dumb ass. I appreciate it. I appreciate the support and all the new reviews. I hope everybody had a good week. I hope everybody's doing well. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Please make sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc., located in the... You thought I was going to do it, didn't you? Not this week. In the fabulous Highlands in Louisville, Kentucky. Go on the shop, mention the Bar Star Podcast, you will get 10% off your tattoo by any artist in the shop, not just Travis. And please, please, please make sure you check out my new awesome sponsor, Louisville Music Studios, located at 4220 Trio Avenue, off of Preston Highway. Zip code is 40219. I'm sure you heard the ad at the beginning of the show, so I don't remember the damn phone number. But they are amazing. They have all kinds of rehearsal rooms, hourly rooms, monthly rooms. And if you mention the Bar Star Podcast, you will get your first hour of rehearsal for free. Free shit. That's it. That's all I got. Show's over. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm just kidding. I am not flying solo today. I have been trying to track this man down for a long time. And then one time he was trying to track me down in Times Square in New York City. And that is a true story. I am hanging out with... My buddy, monster circle bass player, which we'll get to that in a second, why I call him the circle bass player. Alex Bronson, what is up, my brother? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Tired as doo-doo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it real right now. Tired as doo-doo. Why are you tired as doo-doo? I'm hanging with family for the week. Oh, I'm surprised you're not fucking drunk. Yeah, oh, well. That's the other side of things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say you're like, so you're looking high right now. <laughs> but shh, edit. 
No, I ain't editing that one. Nope. Nope. How's things, man? How's life? Busy. Good. Busy. Been on the road. Um, And excited for the next. Mm. That's where we are. Am I involved? Yes, sir. You lie. Why are you going to come on my damn show and lie to me? I can't lie, man. Too old to lie. (laughs) It doesn't pay. (laughs) That is so true. So... Every show, I always uh, I always try to figure out where to start because you've listened to enough of my episodes. You know that I don't do a whole lot of prep. I just I hang out with people I know well and people I barely know. Um, you, I would say, I know about middle of the road because we go three, four months and don't talk. Right. And then all of a sudden, we're like, hey, how you doing? Say, like, what's happening? Play. What's happening? Play. <laughs> <laughs> so how we met is where I will start, and then we'll go from there. We met at Mom's. Brian and I were trying to figure this out, and then when we, you and when I was in New York, when Stacy and I went to New York, we were trying to figure it out when we were having dinner. Mm-hmm. And I think it was two months, three months after I moved here. Yes. Okay, so that would have been spring of two thousand seven. Correct. Eight. Coming right after eight. No seven, cause right, cause I moved. I here moved here in right. seven. You moved here in seven. I came here at eight, but I was already here. Right. Back and forth. Yes. Yeah, because I knew it wasn't long that I met you, and then we ended up playing together. You, my buddy Brian Guess. Oh my God, you're so cute. And me, obviously, I think was 2008. It was about a year later, maybe. Yes. Something like that. Because then I, you moved back to New York, and then I joined Dark Bus, and Brian's been crying about it ever since. Everybody's mad. <laughs> So everybody's just mad. So we start there. Yeah. So that's that's our our brief history, yeah. and we've we've gotten to play together. And I call you the circle bass player because you do this weirdly amazing thing with your right hand while you play. Yes. You almost go in a circle constantly, and it's fucking awesomely weird. Yes. That people ask why or how. I was always leaning towards how, but you can answer both. <laughs> well. Let's start with eat. You know, there's a lot of techniques everyone has. True. Um, I have an easier movement in a circle format because your body is always moving in a circle. It's never point. It's never 90 degree movements. True. So playing bass and keeping rhythm. When I play in a circle, like my hand looks like it's rolling. Mm-hmm. It it's, does. It looks like you got no damn wrist bones. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, you know, Alex. Yeah, that motherfucker ain't got no wrist. Yeah. So it's I know it's it's really it's yeah it's, it's a practice thing because it makes it easier for me to play. Right. Um, it's less wear and tear on the body. Well, I didn't. I never thought about it that way, but I could see that. I'm assuming you have no tendon issues. I have no. I have arthritis. Well, that's because you old as fuck. Yeah, well, that's just true, too. I, I have arthritis in, in my playing hand, no joke. <laughs> it is, and it just makes it easier. It's easier to just to flow. And as as a drummer, keeping rhythm and time. Right. As just like a train wheels are going. Oh, yeah. Always a constant. If you, if you watch my hands play, it's like train wheels. So it's like literally that rhythmic pattern. Man, we ain't even five minutes into this and you already used the L word. Say it right. Literally. Literally. Ooh, you put an extra syllable on it. I like it. I was just in the UK. <laughs> you were, which we will get to in a second yes. because I get I was so mad at you when I blow your phone. I shouldn't. I really blow your phone up. I want to blow your phone up, but I get so mad. You post all those damn pictures. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. So 
how long have you been playing? And if I didn't tell you already, you're a fucking monster. But how yeah, long have you been playing? I can think. Yeah, I've been playing since I was 17, late start. Ooh, that is a late start. Late I thought start. I started late. I started at well, 13. Well, playing bass at 17. Gotcha. Started at seven playing violin and cello. Uh, see, I didn't know that. With my son. Oh, very cool. Violin, cello, No, this kids, he didn't say how long he's been playing. Because he don't want to tell you how old he yeah, is. Well, I'll tell you how old I am right now. I am 50. <laughs> five, zero. <laughs> zero. And I still get carded. I can see that with you, though. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got carded the other day, and I was like, you want my birth certificate, too? Wait, wait, Let quickly. me get my wallet. Here you go. Where's my driver's license? <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> Dude was like, you ain't getting mad? I'm like, hell no, yeah. I ain't getting mad. So you might get a tip. Yeah. <laughs> Just a tip. Just a tip. But the tip. <laughs> so what made you go to base? Fat fingers. I have sausage fingers. I have short sausage fingers. <laughs> the and sad I, part is this is fucking true. true. So I can't. You do have some sausage fingers. We should we should we should take a picture of it. But no, I have sausage <laughs> fingers, and it was just easier. Could I couldn't play guitar? I couldn't you know get all the fretted hand notes. Well, that, that's all right. I I, I uh, you know this. Um, I started on guitar, and it lasted about a week. I hated it. It made no fucking sense to me. I got no, nothing. It was ridiculous. I hated it. it. It's a different ego. That's what I'll call it. Playing guitar is a different ego. It's too much thinking. Mm, I'll go with that. I agree with that. I've never heard it put that way, but I like it. Yeah. So I play bass. It's a, it's a silent ego. <laughs> I, I control everything. <laughs> you want to play it like that? We're not doing it. We're not doing that. That's I, not happening. I want to play it this way. <laughs> and that's what I said. Mm -hmm. It's going to be my way. Um, now, you are originally from here, right? Yes. Okay, so you spent a lot of time playing here before you moved to New York. How did all that work? Um, and I'm asking because I genuinely don't know. I know most of your history, but I don't yeah. know like the details on the music. As, end as, as anybody, you know, the whole church thing, the idea of church and playing. And, you know, my aunt was the music director. For church okay um kind of getting involved in that but really not until i professionally not until i hit new york gotcha because gotcha, i was gotcha. i was doing other music stuff here but i didn't know crap right you know it's the whole school thing being in a school band didn't want to be a band geek no disrespect to band geeks <laughs> too many geeks too many geeks <laughs> When there's when there's fifteen twenty geeks in a room, it's a problem. So, You're not gonna win. Yeah, I'm not winning. You're outnumbered. <laughs> right. You know, someone playing the oboe versus playing the stand up bass just doesn't work. So. No, I I, I get it. I uh, a lot of times though, they're smarter than we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just call a spade a fucking shovel. I'm I'm a lazy fuck. So. <laughs> I just, <laughs> that's another. That was another reason playing bass. It's four strings instead of six. <laughs> You don't have to think as much. Right, I don't have to think as much. I just have to count to four and count of the day. <laughs> and repeat. <laughs> One, go. two, repeat. repeat. It's yeah. an extra lazy day. Right. I'm only going to two. Right. <laughs> and if you're off count at that point, then I'm sorry. So basically, before you went to New York, you you did most of just the church stuff here? I did church stuff and just, you know, the garage band before the, you know, the 
toy game of garage band stuff i was hanging out in the garage trying to play cassettes and record right ideas didn't really you know i had a whole different life before i even jumped into music right i have a degree in fashion didn't know that did you i want to say that i actually did i think you told me that before yeah with the fit in new york because one of the things that you you said you dug about me was not near as good as you but I actually knew how to dress. Most guys yes. don't. Most guys don't. Um, and I'm, I think that's how it came up. I'm not turning it around on me, but I, that no, clicks no. in my head. I think I remember you telling me that before. I was like, not that, that, uh, not that I don't want to compliment, because I do, yeah. but why would you say that? And you went, well, I went to fashion school. I think I remember you yeah. telling me that. Went to FIT. Yeah, which everybody's like, well, you have it. And I'm always looking at someone's shoes. You not, should. You know, it's like, yo, <laughs> those, those Converse ain't kicking, bro. <laughs> You need the other kind. Yeah, right, you need the other ones. Can we talk about my slippers, though? Dude, I kind of like that. It's very uh, festive on some... I'm <laughs> very Christmas. Yeah, I'm looking for the fireplace for this. You need to sit <laughs> in the fireplace. So, th- because you can't see them, they're red, black, plaid slip-ons. Mm-hmm. They're my, my slippers. And my, my fat feet couldn't get in any of those. So. <laughs> the fat hands, fat feet. <laughs> Call it what you will. Fat head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There You're you a little thick-headed sometimes. Hey, man. Oh, more than sometimes. <laughs> I don't have to deal with you every day. So. <laughs> now, did you, because um, I will squirrel out forever on this show. My, some of my listeners get mad at me. Um, did you meet Brian Guest before you went to New York? Yeah, Brian and I were friends since. You guys grew up single, together. Single age, yes. Okay. Our, our parents actually went to school together. That's right. Okay. They, they went to high school together. Because I know Brian's told me that story. Brian, don't text me and get mad at me. You know my memory sucks. <laughs> I know Brian's told me before, not only on the show, but just because we hang out and stuff. Um, but I always forget if you met in high school or when you were little kids. Little kids. Okay. Um, yeah, his, his parents and my parents went to mail okay. together. Gotcha. And my dad played ball there and his father ran track. Gotcha. So the two sports dads had yeah, two musician kids. kids, right. And um, I Damn, was, I was, daddy's awesome. And he, he has an older brother. We were friends, but not into the music. And, you know, our parents and we would cook outs and blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, he was like the brother that I didn't have at the time. Right. And we just, you know, joined at the hip all the time playing, you know, he always wanted to play guitar. When I was playing guitar, I'm like, nope, <laughs> get your own. <laughs> Nope. Get go, your own. Go play with your Legos in Star Wars. <laughs> oh. No, really. He could be mad at it, but it's true. <laughs> so he got his own guitar, and then he became this badass guitar player. He is a fucking badass. Dude, I've just, told him for since I've known him. If you don't know Brian Guest, please check this out. Please check him oh, out. But I got a story for that. Ooh, do tell. He doesn't talk to people about it. Ask him about Sticky Freddy. I will not divulge any information, but I know a little bit about it. Yeah. You know he's going to kick our ass. Yes, but I told him if I had an opportunity to put him on on the leash out there and hang him from the edge, it's gone. Because I'm tired of this shit. I'm so tired of this. Dude, like, like really, it's like I play with a lot of people and know a lot of musicians around, and that is one dude who needs to... Be out there. Be out there. Everybody needs to know who he is. Please. I've told him that since I've known him. I told him that on my show, in fact, almost a year ago. Uh, well, I shouldn't say almost a year ago. I guess it was February or March of this year he was on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, people still talk about him being on the show. I might have to get him back. Uh, Brian, be prepared. You're coming back, fucker. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's he is uh, 
I hate to be cliches and say he's one of a kind, but cliches are cliches no, for a reason. Dude, he's he's such a one of a kind dude, and he's so fucking talented, and he has no idea how good he is. No, no, and he, he and, really does. And, he do, and he'll fight you on it. Oh, he will. You know, but and I'm then like, you, he'll send me a song or something. And go check this out, and I'm going. Right, right. Whoa, whoa, uh. I've got lists of songs. I've, I've got, I've got so many lists of songs from this dude. And there's a couple that we played together. And there's a couple things that he's done. I'm like, dude, can I play on this, please? Yeah. I was like, why are you not putting the band together? Why are you not playing? But hey, trust me, Brian Guess. End of story. Yeah, I'm done talking about him because we're gonna yeah. talk about him again in a minute. Yes. So, when did you move to New York the first time? Early '90s. So you you were up there when it was real shitty, still still yes. shitty. Yes, because it's not shitty anymore. It, it, it's just pretty shitty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty and shitty. <laughs> pretty shitty. What made you move up there? I mean, I know, but uh, most people well, that are listening started out probably with, don't. Um, I moved up there for school, right? Fashion. I went to FIT, right? And that lasted quickly. There was and that lasted. A couple years. That lasted quickly. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm stealing yeah, that. It lasted quickly. How long did that last? Quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it was over quickly. You know, life life in New York was different, and I'm, I'm again. I'm, I call. I, I use the word lazy, but it's not. I just don't have time for extra. Right. So, at a point of my own ego and things going on, when you create something, you want it out. I don't need to wait six months to a year. Right. For something. And music was always there, so I just had a point of being able to play and just kind of jumped into the local scene. Nice. Of New York. So that's where you, I guess you would say that's where you start, you cut your teeth. Yes. Okay. Because I, uh, I, I've talked about it briefly, but I cut my teeth in Columbia, South Carolina, mm-hmm. right, right after Hootie got huge. So there was shit tons of eyeballs on that whole area. Right. Because Hootie came out, and then Edwin McCain came out, and then Dylan Fence came out, and then there was another band that came out of there. I can't remember. And then a year later, Crossfade came out of there. So it was like this fucking southern hub of all these bands that were just popping out everywhere. Right. And right. I was in the middle of it made the wrong call for the crossfade deal and then the management deal fell through and then my singer quit and I was fucked. Which happens. that's what that's how I yeah, wound up just, in Atlanta. It totally happens. Yeah. yeah. That's cool you cut your musical teeth in New York because that's gotta be fucking brutal. Oh yeah. It's gotta I, be rough up it's, there. It's rough, but it's also a point of you like the truth is if you you know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Oh yeah. You know, and that includes in music, which was my my luck of the draw. Right. But but Hitting the clubs in New York, working the scene, you know, New York now, as we mentioned, you know, that's 100 plus thousand people per square mile. Yeah. You know, every night there's like 20, 30 bands playing in three or four clubs. Right. So you, and that's just only three or four clubs when there's like 20 or 30 clubs just in the city alone. Right. You have to be good at what you do. Right. You know. And always, and the story I tell, even Brian Guest knows this, well, so but I had a, did a show, one of my first, my first band in New York, third song in, the sound guy, when he pushes the button, you suck, get off the stage, come back when you're ready. No shit. Which was the first and last time someone's ever going to tell me <laughs> that I suck, <laughs> get off the stage. <laughs> But you know, and, not only did you not like that, but it's also 
Yeah, like, okay. Challenge accepted, yeah, motherfucker. Challenge accepted, right? <laughs> and you know, and that happened to be that in that time period, you know, bands like Twenty Four Seven Spies and Fishbone mm-hmm. or Living Color were running through, right? You know, and um, and they were kicking everybody's ass. They were kicking everybody's ass, and I happened to befriend the lead guitarist from Spies, and he was always a fan. He's like, "You guys can do it." You know, from that night of, "You guys suck," right? You know kind of took me under the wing and said hey you know little brother let me show you how this works right and just went from there nice it's it's been insane but (laughs) yeah but you you've kept most of your contacts though oh yeah and all that shit because when you came back down here which is when you and i met Mm -hmm. i remember vaguely but i remember you talking about when you brian and myself Actually, I shouldn't even say formed a band. You and Brian had already been working together, and you found me as Brian. Brian's version of the story is funny, just because he's a funny motherfucker. He was talking about you. Show you said I found a drummer. He's on YouTube. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, here. What the fuck did you get? Yes. Here. <laughs> here. Look at this guy. Um, but that stuff that we were doing, I remember even back then you were talking about we can get on some possibly on some tours and do some shows up north and all that kind mm-hmm. of shit. And then you up and moved back to New York. And then I got the call to go to Turk Bus, and it was a money thing. But, um, but so the reason I bring it up that way is why did you go back to New York? How, wait, actually, let me rephrase the question. How come you came back down here, and why did you go back to New York? Well, I was, you know, supplementing income. I worked in advertising. Right. And I actually always stay in music, so I was doing music production for TV commercials. Nice industry technology things change mm-hmm. my wife is also in the industry right and we were just tired of new york you know it's it's a never ending rat race right you know you can get in and get out but at a point we just needed to get out gotcha and there was an opportunity for a, a job here in kentucky where she we like let's go i mean you know family is a great place to go with family blah 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 and it ended to, we stayed here. It's like, okay, let's take it. Right. Take, take a break from the whole scene of running, 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 and actually sit and chill and have time. Right. Which, time is very important. <laughs> very, very important. <laughs> yes, it is. So, yeah, that's the reason why we came down here. <coughs> and actually, I was, I had a band called Red Lotus. Mm-hmm. And things were getting really big the same way, you know, as any, like you're in a situation and, right. and it just imploded on itself out of nowhere. And after a couple of tours in Europe and blah, 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 it just totally imploded. And I just needed a break. All right. I was like, I wasn't playing. I wasn't doing anything until Brian's like, let's play. But I was like, I haven't played. So I was like, let me teach. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I was, I was going to get to that. So that's how you got into teaching. Yeah. That's how I got into teaching. I was like, I didn't want to play play but i wanted to get back to my instrument right to understand not just to learn how to play it but to understand sound right and that's where it picked up from there gotcha 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 um because i remember the first time i saw you play i think you were teaching a kid and i went all right he's got a weird hand going on i didn't think anything about it yeah and then when we got in the room with you, Brian, and me, and we started playing, I went, holy shit, these two dudes are on another level, which was cool for me, 
and this might be a little arrogant, but after a while, it, it, it's the same people all the time right. doing the same shit. So when somebody new comes along who plays completely different shit and in a completely different way, now I have to step up my game. Right. Which is right. better for me. It's better all around. It's all around, yes. Yeah. That was, you know, so even with that, yeah, it took time. And, you know, at first I had to say thank you to, to you because, you know, to get you got me back into actually being free to play. I did not do anything, but you're welcome. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't try to share the stage with a lot of people. That shit is just like, dude. That's like this. As I said, Brian, man, I got this dude. Check him out on YouTube. <laughs> Where'd you live? Right down the street. Live <laughs> <laughs> down the street, motherfucker. Let's go. Well, I, I, you've never said that to me, so thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. But I didn't do anything. I no, didn't it, it's you know, every everybody has you know is a stepping stone, right? You know, to help with what's going on. It's like I. As many years I've been playing and all the stuff I've done, it's like it's always that one that can help you step into the next level. Right. You know, and they don't know it. Right. You know, you're one of the baddest dudes out here. And I'm, I'm not trying to toot, toot your horn on some stuff, but it's kind of like you can teach a monkey how to plug shit in and and True. You know, keep, keep count on four. Right. But can you play? And I'm not talking like how many, how much chops you have. Right. Chops you know? are fucking overrated to me anyway you know, you you can know go, how I feel you, about you, that you, shit you can, go, you can go on social media now and see chops all day with a 10 year old yeah but can he play right he or she play you know it, it used to be cool to learn how to play Eruption by Van Halen yeah now it's like I've seen an 8 year old kid play Eruption I'm like okay well that's done <laughs> <laughs> but can that 8 year old or 10 year old kid tell you you know what does it feel right to play no, that's, that's, I mean, you're, you're a hundred percent right. I, um, I think that way. I just don't ever look at it that way because I'm in so many different projects at once usually. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of just, I hate to say that I'm not giving my full attention, but because I'm in so many projects, I just physically and legitimately, I thought I was going to say the L word. I can't give a hundred percent to everything no, because yeah. I'm only one dude. Like right now I'm technically I'm in four projects and I just got a gig offer for the first of December with five. I think there's six people in the band. So with five people I've never met. So now I got to learn all that shit. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, there comes that point where I kind of sell myself short because I put my hands in so many fires. It's like, Oh, I got to get some of that. Oh, I got to get some of that. But it's because I constantly want to work. No, oh, that's it. You know, work. You know what I mean? You know, and at a point when you take away from working and just play, mm-hmm. but it makes sense. You know, when you, like, I've done it too. It's like to the point where every song starts sounding the same. Yeah, it you does. Know? So you, you, you become on autopilot. Yep. Absolutely. You and I, I suffer from that sometimes and I'll have, which I think it's funny. Uh, I've watched a lot of players on stage get mad about it and get mad at themselves. But when I play the wrong groove or whatever, or completely fuck something up i start laughing right. my ass off and most people around here that have seen me live and they've watched me start cackling while i'm playing right. that's what i've done kids i done fucked up oh many times. and i think it's funny as shit it amuses the hell out of me because it's how did you this is a conversation in my head how did you forget that you moron you know what i mean oh, because it because it becomes the abc yep. repetition abc and, autopilot and, absolutely and, and it's over and hey let's like, start a new band called abc autopilot hey don't, <laughs> don't tease me right now 
Oh, I'm gonna throw you under the bus shortly, fucker. Don't even start with me. Your your minute's coming, sir. Sweet. <laughs> so, what made you decide to move back to New York? I wanted to work. Gotcha. And with no disrespect, I just couldn't do a cover band. I, hey, man, I get it. I, I get it. I'm not. I'm on both sides of the fence of it. I get it. And 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 I say that from here because it's kind of like. There's only so many clubs that regurgitate themselves to open up and close, open up and close here, mm-hmm. where it's like it becomes the same people over and over. And I needed to push that envelope. Right. And I knew I couldn't do it here. Right. But also I was getting calls to do other work, you know, because um, I do production as well. Right. And that was like, if I'm going to work, I can't be here because they're not going to pay to fly me to New York. Right. You know, or to Europe from here. Right. And also at the the time, wife's uh, job was transitioning out and she was homesick. She's from New York. Right. So we're like, we're out. (laughs) I mean, it was literally. (laughs) Dude. Okay, I left. I miss it. I'm going back. No, it had a son. Literally, we had, he was born in February. Um. There were some political things happening in in the structure of life. I was like, I'm not raising my son in this bullshit. Right. And that was February by April. We're like, we're out of here. I went on the road, came back within that month. We're moving back to New York. Nice. That was in the fall of that point. So So you moved back in fall of... 2010. God, it's been eight years since you've been gone? Yeah. Fuck. And it's been just running ever since. And it was literally like I could not do the work that I wanted to do. Right. Here. No, I, I get that. I, um. Oh, but, but plus oh. I got fired from mom, so. Because <laughs> I didn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> yes, I'm going to say it right here. I don't care. Listen, love, love mom's music. Love the music community here. But there's a whole lot of egos that y'all fuckers can't cash checks on at all. Oh, dude, you, you preaching to the choir. I've said it on this show, and I've said it a million times. It's I call it the clicks. Oh yeah, there's three it's, or four clicks in town, and I'm not a part of any of them. And, and you know that I, that's part of the reason why I was let go, which is fine. You know, no hard. Trust me, I was happier that day because I was tired of getting up eight o'clock in the morning to have a meeting on a Saturday about nothing. Oh yeah. So that's have a meeting my, about the next meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. So, all right. So when you, oh, I'm staring at my window because I can't believe it's been fucking eight years it's since you've It's been eight years. It's fast. It's yeah? just dawned on me. It seems like it was just a couple of years ago. Right. Um, anyway, what I was going to say before I brain farted was, I've always put myself in the position. It's not fear motivated, or fear based is a better way to put it. But I've always put myself in a position where I can't move to a New York or a Nashville, which most people that know me know I'm obsessed with New York anyway, but or L.A. or whatever. I've always put myself in a position, not on purpose, where I just I legitimately can't fucking make it happen no matter what I do. Or I'd have to do a GoFundMe account. (laughs) Hey, I need some money, fuckers. There's a safety net to make that happen. Right. And you have to have that. And I've never had it. And when I realized... When I was confident enough in my playing to make it happen, mm-hmm. by then I, I, the safety net was gone. It was, it just wasn't there because in my 
in my early teens, obviously in my late teens, I should say, in my early 20s, I, I, I wasn't good enough. I knew I wasn't good enough. Oh, that's always the case. Right. So it was kind of, with me, it was kind of, I, I don't want to say I wanted to wait till I was ready, but I wanted to wait till I was better. Right. Before I tried to make that leap. And then before I knew it, I did all that shit down south and all the label interest and all the management interest and all that bullshit. And I was like, I'm going to fucking do it in the south. I don't got, I don't have to go to L.A. or New York or Nashville. And then fast forward, <clears throat> then I wind up up here and now I'm. And I'm not complaining, but now I'm stuck. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I can't do... And I'm not going to Nashville now anyway. Fuck that. I ain't playing for tips. I'm way better than that. <laughs> no, I don't, I I don't give me the fucking exposure. You no, can't put no, exposure no, in the bank. No, you can't. And, Fuck that and, and shit. I, and I will never... No, you know. I'm not doing that. And no disrespect, like you said, no disrespect to anybody down there that does that grind. Good for them. I'm not doing it. Too Fuck old for that. off. No, too yeah. old for that shit. Yeah, I'm too old for that shit too. And, and again... I'm not saying any of that in a complaining way. It's just, it's never been, like, every time I get close, it's like, fuck, it's almost there. You know what it is? And for me, it was always somebody else's dream. What do you mean? When you're, like, you have that safety net for something else to fall into. Mm -hmm. Then you start playing, like you say, you get better for yourself. And you're like, I need to be better because if I'm not good enough here, then I'm not going to be good enough there. Right. But then it becomes, well, I want to be able to play with such and such or do such and such work. Right. Which is always for somebody else instead of, you know what, let me play for me. True. And, and you know, we all get caught in this loop. I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. But then when the safety net is like, well, you know, you're young and 20, like you're young and dumb. Yeah. That's great. When you're older, there's more responsibilities, of course. But mm -hmm. then it's like, I need more solid actions to move forward. Right. Not, but as you say in the fear-based thing, now it's like, you know what? Let's just move forward and see what happens. Yeah. That was even part of my move to New York, going back to New York. Right. It's like, you know what? This is not happening here. I'm not satisfied here, you know, with other things going on. Right. But it's like, you know, as when I met my wife, that's the first thing I said to her on a day. It's like, listen, I met you with a base in my hand. I will leave you with a base in my hand. Yep. I remember you telling me that at mom's on the porch one day. Yeah. And anything else in between can be discussed and negotiated other than that. Yep. This is where I'm at. Right. And you know what? It's again, it is fear is, is a main drive. Oh, it's a good motivator. Yeah. It's, don't it's, get me it's, wrong. It's a push, but we don't have to be fearful anymore because dude, we all play. Right. So there's 20 other people who are just as badasses around here and, or wherever else. Oh, absolutely. The thing is who, who's going to go get it. Right. You know, now with technology, you're able to work here mm -hmm. and be somewhere else at the same time. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. That makes complete sense. So, you know, right. I'll say I was looking at dinner plans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like said, I'm getting texts about dinner plans. No, but which so, is not a bad thing. You no. Know, so at this point, yeah, you know, fear based drive is not about that anymore. It's like, you know, what, I got to pay rent. Yeah. I got bills to pay. Yeah. Now, is it going to be beneficial for me to do what I need to do here or there, or can it happen from here to there? Right. And I think that's, it's just a speculation on my part, but I think that happens to no matter what level of player you are, but I think it happens to people that start a little bit later mm -hmm. because I don't, as long as I've been teaching and as many musicians as I've known, <laughs> Jesus Christ, um, I don't think anybody's really 
mentally good. I don't like we said earlier. I don't care about chops and shit. I don't think anybody's really mentally good till at least ten years in, at least. Oh, and and that's the big part of it because the physical part of playing is one thing. Yeah, I'm talking the mental part, being yes. musically mature. And if you look at my the way I've done shit, ten years in, I was 23 and married. Fuck was I gonna do? <laughs> Right, right. It was because I left home at 13. So not only did I start playing drums at 13, I left home at 13. So that in that 10 years, and I still didn't think I was good enough. In fact, I know I wasn't. And I was doing some cool shit, don't get me wrong. But it's like, all right, I'm I'm kind of starting to get this, but not really. And I'm 23. Before you know it, I'm 29 in, in Atlanta with nothing going, all right, fuck it, I'm going to go to music school. So I did everything so late. Right. By the time the common sense kicked in, going... Yeah, I really can't move there because I <laughs> like a roof over my head. Right, right. I've right. been homeless. I know what that shit's like. It's an and ugly. being homeless with drums, ooh, that sucks. You can't so put those on your back. Right. Yeah. So it's it's partly fear, but it's also partly self-preservation. It's a reality check. Yeah. It's make, just... make moves. I get it. I get it. And, you know, and, and that's I think that's even more so there wasn't a drive here for me mm-hmm. because I've done it. Right. You know, if, if you play one club, you play a thousand. Right. Here. One bar is the next. Right. But at a point, there's no drive after a while. And you step into the New York game or some other place, not just New York, but and I, I can only speak for New York. And it's kind of like, trust me, there are five other bands sitting there waiting on as five other musicians for that night in that one club. Yep. You know, who want the same thing as you. And they're all badasses. And they're all badasses. Yep. You know, and or even down to their jam sessions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a half of Billy Joel's band. You know, half of Bon Jovi's backup band. That's fucking crazy. You know, sitting in jam sessions all night long. You know, because they're off the road. Right. And they just want to play. It is want to play. That's fucking crazy. You know, but then again, it's hard to get paid. So at that point, it's like, you really got to bust behind. You know, you got to bust your ass to work. Right. And that's a motivator, you know. True. Which is the mental part of the game. Because, like, again, you can play and everyone knows you can play. Right. But what what sets you apart from Joe Schmo next to you? Yeah. Or in the next club over across the street? You know, you it's a mental. It is. Know. I I've uh, And I've taught my students this for years and, and I've already talked about it couple weeks ago on the show. I mean, I'm, everybody knows I'm retiring from teaching or whatever fuck ever you want. I just don't like saying quitting because I might go back to it. I can always teach, thankfully. But I've taught my students for years. You can be a monster chop player. You can be a monster fill player. I'm speaking drums mostly. Mm-hmm. You can have a groove that has got a pocket you can drive a truck through. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have at least all three of those together and you're mentally stable and musically mature, nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a rat's behind. That's that's the difference. And I think with a lot of players, that's where they get lost because the ego kicks in. Well, yeah, I'm, I can do do-do-do and do-do-do. And they're the same cats that will compare like a Joey Jordison to Steve Jordan. Can't mm. do that. Can't. They're two completely fucking different drummers. Joey Jordison is awesome. Steve, Steve Jordan's Jordan. awesome. Two completely different fucking drummers. You can't put them two in the in the same no. category. And and know your role. Know your yeah. place. Know your place in in what you're doing. And know your weaknesses. Yes, please. And you know, at like 
and don't be afraid of your weaknesses. I had a call from this badass singer a few weeks ago. Like, hey, man, would you be interested in doing a wedding gig? Right. And before I even said it, before I was saying anything of yes or no, I, was, I told him, said, listen, I am not on the caliber of what you need, you know, as a, from a vocalist. Right. To be playing in your band. And he was like, respect to that. When can we get together anyway? Right. I know my role is like, dude, I'm not going to jump into that. Absolutely. You know? I've told the story on a show before and I'm pretty sure I've told you, but. I, there was a gig in Atlanta I, I got a call for. I went and did the gig and I fucked it up. And the first set, I was like, I gave the dude his money back. And he actually paid me before I, we played. But I gave the dude his money back and I said, I'm going to sit at that table for the next two sets. When you're done, I will get my gear and I'll be out of your fucking hair. Because what I just did is not fair to you or your music. Been there, dude. Been and I got there. so many referrals based off of that because he appreciated that I realized yes. I was in over my head. Yes. And then from that moment on, I'm I'm never afraid to say I can't do something. I got a in fact I got a call today for a gig next month. Um that I'm not I don't think I'm the guy for. And I already told this person that. I said, I don't think I'm your guy. And we're we're still kinda going back and forth and obviously I'm not looking at my phone right now because I'm talking to you, but it's I don't know what their response was, but I'm just like, ah, I don't think I can do that gig. Not that I'm not good enough. That's just not my fucking bag. Right, right. And it's okay. It's okay. And and people will appreciate the honesty more than anything else. And you actually will get other gigs from being that honest. Absolutely you yeah. will. But but the reason I, I bring it up that in this context is because that musical maturity that I have and that you have, somebody else won't have that because their ego gets in the fucking way. Can you do this gig? Yes. It's this kind of music. Oh, I don't care. I can do it. Yeah. And then they get in it and what happens? <laughs> Train wreck, boots in a dryer, right. and, and no, their phone doesn't ring. Right, and they're and it's already told by two or three other people. Don't mm-hmm. don't call this guy. He's yeah. not ready. Yeah, he's not ready, or he's gonna fuck up your gig. Right, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So seen I don't it. Know. Oh, seen it. Seen it. <laughs> Done it once. Been there that myself. Was, that was enough for me. Been there myself. One time was enough for me to go. Yeah, that was fucking dumb. <laughs> Yo, speaking of that, so funny you said. I had a call from. Doug Wimbish, bass player from Living Color. Oh, let me let me pick up that name you just dropped. Okay, yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and I, you know, and you know, I don't drop names a lot, but I drop them a lot. <clears throat> so, by the way, I've been holding that just waiting. Yeah, see, see, see. Okay, that's like here it comes now, right? Here it comes. Here, here it comes. I'm just kidding, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, I want you to cover this gig for me." Right. And he's like, "You do blue stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I've done some blue stuff. You know, work with a couple others." Ego. Right. I got this. Doug's calling me, blah, blah, blah. And it was this New Orleans blues cat. A little different. And went into rehearsal and crashed and burned so bad. He's like, let me give you the money for a rehearsal. You can go ahead and go home. Ugh. I'm a grown ass man in tears in the streets and you were calling Doug, I'm sorry you know because it's yo because that shit is heavy oh yeah that shit's you know? not easy and you know when when an A-list caller calls you up to do some stuff and you fail miserably mm-hmm. you know it's and, a long way back to redemption <sighs> you know and the cool thing was like he's like dude been there it's alright I'm like no it's not alright <laughs> <laughs> you know you know because again my ego's that you called me yeah you know he's like it's alright you gotta learn True. Did yeah. you take the money? No. Good no. man. 
No. Good I, man. I, he's like, here's, you know, it was literally just rehearsal. It was $150 for her. So I'm like, nah, dude. Yeah. I was like, I can't take your money. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. You know, he was like, well, here's 20 something to get a cab home if you need. I'll take that. Fair enough. You know, but at a point I was like, I'm not taking your money. But it was one of those things as soon as I got home, I was pulling up every blues thing that I could that yep. wasn't the basic, you know, Joe Schmo blues thing. I'm like, I need some killer yep. like, stuff and was digging deep. Well, you, you have to, but, but I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, that's the musical maturity. Mm-hmm. You, I think every musician gets to a point where I hate to say that it clicks, but it kind of does. It just kind of clicks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Some it takes longer than others. Some of my friends know who the fuck I'm talking about. Um, and some of it happens pretty quick, but usually that moment where it does click is usually a pretty short moment. It doesn't take three or four months for you to kind of go, Ooh. it's usually, oh, oh, fuck. Right, right, right then and there. And yep, you're like, you know right what? Then, it just smacks you in the head. And then from that moment on, you, every everything about who you are as a player and how you play changes. Yes. Because it happened to me that way. And, it, and if it clicked. doesn't, you, McDonald's is hiring. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm keeping it as real as possible. Because <laughs> it's easier to get a job at McDonald's than do what we're doing right now. Oh, God. I love you for that. <laughs> so it's like, listen, that made me happy. They're keeping it real, dude. I can't do any better than that. So let's talk about your current project that you never called me for, Jean Marc's Express. Yeah, yes. I just subliminally slid. Yeah, that he in slid there. that in there because I was. That looking. just like fell out of my face. So just. Yeah, so just and and I know the reason because I was, listen. I've been looking for a drummer forever today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you called me yeah. beginning of the summer, and I'm like, hey, I need you to do this, and I still haven't called you back. Nope. And Not I even bad. came to your house. You came to my house, and I played you in more. Jersey. Squirrel moment. What yeah. city in Jersey do you live in? Fort Lee. Thank you. I'm in Fort Lee. So I'm, many motherfuckers have asked me that, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. He's the, 20 minutes from New York. I don't it, fucking it, know. Best, the best part about, like, I'm walking distance to the George Washington Bridge. Okay. And no one still knows where I live. Uh, hey, that's cool. That's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I know what your house looks like, but I couldn't fucking find you it. You can't find it for oh, anything. Hell no. It's, it's, no. it's like hidden in plain sight. It is. Yes. Um, not to mention... When we took the bus from Times Square to your house, it was dark, mm. and you and I were having a conversation and laughing at people on the bus, and I wasn't paying attention to shit. It's all good. Anyway. That's, that's the best part, the Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> cubby hole, fucker. The, the cubby hole. See, I pay attention. Cubby hole. Where my wife fell asleep. <laughs> fell asleep on the couch because we talk too much. Yeah, we do talk a lot. Yes. Um, okay, so anyway, back to your project. Jean-Marc's Express. Uh started after kind of right when I was here mm-hmm. um, after the, my first one of my main bands Red Lotus broke up mm-hmm. like I said it took some couple years off right um, situations came about where the rhythm section and the guitarists were like hey let's work on some stuff the guitar player was already in Europe and needed a, he needed a bass player badly right so I did that gotcha and then it became let's just be a band and call it a day gotcha so we're doing a, it's kind of it's a rock band. Let's just keep it a trio. Right. It's a rock band, but with its own twist of sound. Right. Without you know, me. Without. Without Mr. O'Reilly. Yeah, you better sigh, motherfucker. I'm sorry. If I thought I could, I'd whip your ass, but I know I can't. <laughs> you might can't. right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but yeah, um, it's a fun, it's a fun project. We're not jumping into the industry stuff. We're just playing right now. Yeah, because yeah. you do a lot of short tours. Yes, I, I do a lot of short runs, mostly in the fall for Europe. Right. We'll do in Germany right now. We're actually starting doing twice a year now in Europe. Right, because you were just in London, right? Yeah, I was just in London with another project. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. my bad. Uh, finished a month tour with Express in Germany, came back here, and for a week had to work a production show with LC, Living Color, and Fishbone. And then I went and back. pick up them names. Yeah, picked up the names again. And then, <laughs> and then went back out with I love you. Chronics. Oh, okay, that's who you were in London with. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, which is a reggae artist. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. I'm not a reggae player. I do a lot of produ- do a lot of stage production for them. Right. Um, my my production side, which is the cubby hole, right, is also Captain Save a Hole. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm leaving that alone. <laughs> so play, so playing bass and doing production for all these you know different people and doing work. Right. But John Marsh Express is my main thing right now. Gotcha. Um, two albums right now working mm-hmm. on a third ep albums are done right working on an ep trying are, to, are the albums out and all that stuff yes you can go on to that's right plug your shit yeah where can we go we can go to anything on the internet any literally any outlet from literally literally <laughs> and um itunes spotify we're all there okay cool cool cool, cool. um and i'll put some of it um It'll be in the show notes so people can find it and all that kind of stuff. You can find too. some stuff cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because nobody's going to know how to spell that shit. No, not at all. He's I a, know how to spell it and I don't even know how to spell and, it. And what's interesting is a Haitian brother out of New York, super long dreads. Yeah, they reach his feet. Yeah, they, they reach his feet. <laughs> Try to help him not trip over. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sean. I had to say it. <laughs> sorry. And, um, and my bald head. And um, yeah, we just decided to we take all the culmination of music that we've learned and grew up with and put it all in one. And we're not chasing the pop radio or whatever. Right. Just like, you know what, we're musicians who are playing. And if you like it, great. If you don't. It, but you're writing all your own stuff, right? Yes. Okay. It's all original. Yeah, it's all original. All original stuff. Um, same thing. Not not into the cover. You know, it's like there. you can't do justice to a lot of songs, you know, cover-wise unless you just we've been asked before, listen, turn on the radio, you'll find it. You can right. it. I'd rather do my own stuff. It's a creative freedom. Right. No, and I, I get that. Yeah. I, I, I wrestle with that. I've talked about it on the show, so I'm not going to bore my listeners with it, but I've, I've wrestled with going back and forth because I miss the original world. I really, really do. It's another world. It is. But I'm fortunate enough to have found the podcast mm-hmm. for my creative outlet because I'm, I'm, I'm a creative person and I have that creative gene in me, but I'm not creative in the typical songwriter way. I can't write songs. I'm not wired melodically. That makes sense. I can write lyrics if I really sat down and tried. I've, I've written lyrics for a couple but of songs. But you can play the shit out of drums, though. I can, and I can arrange shit, and I can tell you what's wrong, and I can tell you pretty yeah. much how to fix it. I can't do it perfectly, but that's where my wheelhouse is. Is or I can arrange a shit out of some damn music. Like yeah, you know what? No, that blows. Let's do this, this, or this. And I need make you. It I, I need you in the cubby hole. Mm-hmm. I need you in the cubby hole so we can uh, write some new stuff and make some shit happen. Well, it, well, that depends. Do you have a place for me to sleep in the cubby hole? Yes. 
Where you know the same place your wife fell asleep on? Mm-hmm. It's the most comfortable couch in the IKEA plug. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a futon that dude, I've slept on it, not being in trouble. I've, <laughs> sl- I've slept on it and because I've just fell asleep on it. Matter of fact, I loved it so much about another one. Damn. Got another one upstairs in the extra room. So if I come up there and we write some shit, you're gonna take me around, right? I have to. And you're going to introduce me to people, right? No, dude. I've, I've already told you, and I said this before. Listen, I'll drop names all day, but it's at a point like when they come to the house, don't be mad. Like, <laughs> don't don't be mad when everybody starts rolling through like, let's play. I'm actually, and it's funny because I'm sitting here now and being, I'm being a douche by... Playing with your fucking phone. I'm doing my phone. I got a new phone. I'm stuck. <laughs> but actually, the guys from 24-7 Spies were texting back and forth. So, and it's like, oh, okay, I got to do this. Oh, but, let me but, pick up that name, yeah, too. Yeah, pick up that name. <laughs> that, my homeboy, Ronnie Drayton. If you don't know these names, please go look them up. And I'm not trying to be, you know, a, an a-hole about name dropping, because that's the last thing I want, because it's not about me and this whole industry. It ain't about us personally. No. Nah. You know? I but, mean, today it's about you, because you're on my show. And, and it's really strange for me. But with that being said, like, you know, guys are coming in from all parts of the world right now and be like, hey, we need to get together, blah, blah, blah. They have a new album out, too. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just like, okay, sorry. Move so on. on my show. On your show. I can come to your house. Yes. I can stay with you. Yes. And we can make music. Yes. And turn around as fast as I got the whole studio set up. The, the that is true. Hole, the Hole is a complete setup studio. I've been there, fool. No, that's right. Yeah, I'm letting other people know so they can be like, they're coming out. Who's at the Hole? Oh, this hole? is a part of the show where I get super selfish because yes. I'm, going, yeah. I'm going back to New York yeah, to Alex's yes. house. Yeah. yeah. Um, fuck that. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, who's, <laughs> who's at the Cubby Hole is basically a new a new thing that's coming out, especially because I'm working on that. It's, you know, mm. So it's the idea of creative freedom, Yep. creative art, and whatever to come in and just do that right it's like literally you can walk as soon as i walk in by the time i sit down to desk and flip one switch everything is on and ready to record right so that's the idea you know no idea is missing no no free form creative is missing right because it's captured right then and there so does that mean you're gonna pick me up at the airport too? i'll pick you up at the airport Sweet. you're only 15 20 minutes from my house yeah all you gotta do is no, you didn't have to get coffee. I got coffee too. See? Let's make out. Oh, oh wait, sorry. My sorry. bad. I got a little excited. Sorry, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, but no. you did call me at the beginning of the summer. This is actually a cool story. Um, and then we're going to move on to a couple other things and get you out of here so you can no, go hang I, out with your wife. I'm, she's doing her thing. She's having fun without me. Trust me. Well, they tend to do that. Yeah. You know this. Very well. <laughs> you called me at the beginning of the summer. And we hadn't talked for, I don't know, two, three months. But hell, it might have been longer than that. It's longer than that. Um, anyway, you called me and you said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, who the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you called me and you wanted me to come up and do some stuff and you were going to send me some songs. Which you haven't sent me yet. Which I haven't. And I said, hey... Funny you should call, because in a couple months, we're coming to New York. Yep. And that's when I came over to see your house and all that stuff, and you met us in Times Square. See, they thought I wasn't going to get back to that. No, see, there it goes. Now I'm in trouble. No, no, no. You're not in trouble. Yeah. Uh, it was funny, because we were trying to we were texting each other, trying to figure out where to meet. 
and you said, you texted me and said, where are you? And I said, I just got off the subway at Times Square. And your immediate response was, fuck, don't right. move. <laughs> right I'll there. be right there. Because yeah, right. you just left and you were six, seven blocks down. I was, I was just <laughs> right there. <laughs> Damn it. Because I took the wrong train trying to get to you. Right. Imagine that. Hmm. Interesting. Somebody don't live there and taking the wrong train. But it was pretty funny. And then that is where you you took Stacy and I to, you showed us a little bit down at Hell's Kitchen and all that. And that's where the picture that is on my Instagram, my Facebook that Stacy took that we told a story mm-hmm. on the show. That is your father-in-law. Yes. Just so people that listen to the show can put it together. 36 stories up. Mm-hmm. Looking north to of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Scared the shit out of me. <sighs> and I love if you, it. If you're afraid of heights, don't. I'm not afraid of heights anymore. <laughs> you better not Ironically, be at this point. <laughs> no, I'm good now. I'm good now. Um, Stacy scared the shit out of me. Yes. Which was funny. That was cute. Yeah, you and Stan got a nice yeah, kick out yeah. of that. Uh, but no, it, it was cool because we left there and then we went to, to your place and that's when you and I started talking about all kinds of stuff and you showed me some music. But to throw your big ass under the bus, you still ain't sent me no music to learn. Can you get on that? Yes, I can. Because... You want to you wanna hook a brother up? Yes. Because I'm good, but I'm not a fucking mind reader. <laughs> And and with gotcha not, yes you did because and, and and I will have to say it and it's one hundred percent you have to get on me I'm one of those like I'll call you back in five minutes it'll be five, five weeks five yeah I was gonna say five days but five it's, weeks it's is more accurate weeks. ain't that right Brian guess <laughs> Brian totally knows oh but he a knows lot of, a lot of people know it's like listen if Alex says he'll call you back don't wait for it you'll die <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's just don't and, wait for it you'll die you'll die so just don't don't wait for it call me back yeah. um, but no really it's, I, I need to give you some music because there's a lot of, and it's mostly the reason I haven't to be honest with you because there's a lot of new stuff happening like right now the way things are going the music stuff is kicking you see it like literally the El- the living color fishbone thing was mm-hmm. two days after I just landed from Europe right you know and then the chronos is right after that were you you know now the next few weeks going away again well and i get that but now i i don't have as near as much on my plate as you but I, my plate's pretty full too oh, yeah. and i have some stuff i can't talk about secret project i have some stuff i can't talk about but while you're away i could be learning your shit you know what and i just need to send it because it's really just See, you can't argue with that. I cannot argue with that. I because I still need to learn it. Listen, I'm, I'm the one that I'm leaving the first to say this. If I'm fucking up, let me know. You're fucking up because you called me first. Yep, that's true. So you're waiting on me, and I hate people waiting on me. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you called know, you out on my show. Hey, what you going to hey, do now? I don't hit me. Send it'll it. hurt. No, I'll I got to send it. Luckily, <laughs> but see, right now in my defense, I have a new phone, so I have no music on here. No, no, no. That's fine. You, but uh, you will you will get it. I, I, you know what? I'm going to say it on this show. By the time this podcast releases, you will have music. Oh, damn. And I said it. Damn. And it's been recorded. Ooh. So that puts me in a situation where I need to do some work. So on post day, when you're listening to this, you're going to be like, fuck. And no, you're going to run to no, your computer and send it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I, I got noticed that it's releasing here. Let me send this now. <laughs> that's that's where I am. Hey, it's okay though. Whatever it takes, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, to get it done. Let's get it done. No, but yeah, it's you know, like go back to John Marks Express, and you know, a lot's happening. Um, 
Yeah, I need you in it. I, I need you to play, put your stamp on some stuff. I got so, you. And just Brian. We're, we're, we're having these personal conversations of people as well because it's the only way to put a fire up under people's asses to get mm-hmm. shit done. Fire, like a bonfire yeah. under our buddy Brian Guess's ass. Trust me, this dude is badass, and you know mm. I'm. I'm. But with that being said, yeah, you're gonna be, and you come up. We're gonna cut tracks. Wait, I'm going to New York. Yes, that's all I care about. I'm going to New York. Wait, I'm going to your house and drinking coffee and playing drums right. in New York. Right. Yeah. Fuck all y'all. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. And I'm not gonna name drop of people who come through, so you can. Play oh, I will. Stuff. Okay. Well, it depends yeah. who it is. Right. Oh, <laughs> you'll be surprised. No, I wouldn't. I've seen the pictures <laughs> that are in the cubby hole. Yeah, well. And the stories you've told me off the show. So here we go. <laughs> it's going to be fun. No, I'm excited, at, you know, to have you to come up, bro. Well, I'm excited that you called me. It, it was um, it was really cool timing because the all jokes aside, what we all the shit we just said to each other, that you really did call me and our, our trip was already booked. And you were like, what the... F- Really? You're coming up here? Let's go. Yeah. Um, So that was kind of cool because I remember telling Todd, who I haven't talked about in a while, hi, Todd O'Meara, I love your face. Fuck off. Um, I was like, dude, I was on the phone with him when you called me. And I said, dude, I got to go. Alex Bronson's called me. He was like, what? All right, bye. And he hung up before I did. Oh, wow. (laughs) And then when we talked and it was, you're really coming up here? I said, yeah, I'm coming up there. And I, that was kind of cool. It was a little, a little serendipitous. I, I was excited, dude. Let me tell you, because it's like you know, I get, I get little, I get a little butt hurt when everybody comes from here, but no one comes to see me. Then I realize I'm never home. <laughs> so. Well, there is that. There is that. And I had told Stacy when we booked the trip, I said, you know, we're going to see Alex when we're up there. Now I didn't know we were going to go to your house. Right. I, that was kind of your call. Right. But I knew I was going to at least see you. Uh, which was cool because I haven't seen you since you left, which was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I had to reiterate that because I thought it was two. Um, but no, it, I think I'm not a big believer in fate, but I am kind of a believer in everything happens for a reason. Yes. Um, the universe speaks. It does. And you just need to listen. Sometimes we don't. Nope. But sometimes we do. That's our egos in. Oh, I don't have an ego. I'm just fucking dumb. Um, okay, I'm lying. I'm partially dumb. I partially have an ego. Fuck. You see, dude, it's pretty much what talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I usually do three segments on my show, counting what all we always talk about. But I'm going to skip social media issues because I'm pretty sure it's going to go bye-bye. No. No, you don't want to skip it? No, let's not skip it. Okay, well, hang on. This is what we're going to do then. You ready? Yeah. So let's move on to social media issues. All right, so you didn't want to skip it. So what do you got for social media issues? It can be good, bad, or indifferent, but I got a feeling it's going to be bad. Too much information. TMI, bitch. Yeah, that's what it is. It's too much. The, the, the social media game mm-hmm. is way too much information. It could be used for best of intentions it could be used for the best of intentions if known how to do it but you know everybody wants to be on some fuck buddy shit (laughs) 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 it's a good way to put it fuck buddy shit but you know because there's a bunch of young kids on there right now but it's like used correctly that is the best free advertising I did I've, I've, I've said it for 
probably the past three years, way before I started this show, if I was not, I'll be cliche and say the entertainment field because mm. technically that's what I'm in, mm-hmm. both musically and with a show. Uh, I wouldn't have any social media. I probably wouldn't. It, it annoys the fuck out of me. And the reason I said before we got into this section that this section will probably go bye-bye eventually, we're talking about it for a while, is because most of us feel the same way about it. I'm kind of running out of shit to talk about about it. Uh, And I don't mean that in a derogatory way towards anybody I have hanging out with me or to myself, but it's the same thing. And the average person doesn't fucking get it. You're not smarter than all the people you think you're smarter than. Correct. Fucking stop it. Please. And if you have an opinion, awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. Stop trying to shove it down people's throats. That's the issue. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are better than the others. Oh yeah, you know for sure. And but they're only better, as I call them, the bedroom rock stars. <laughs> I mean, think about I like it. That. It's no, be- I like it's that. The bedroom rock stars. It's people who have made you know Justin Bieber's. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. You know, YouTube has made them famous. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever reason. And good for them. And great for them. I ain't mad at it. You know, at a point of longevity and the systematic of how things work. The last a few weeks, right? I'm popular, right? You know more than I have any substance, right? You know, all flash and no smash. All flash and no smash. I like that. I mean, that's you know, because it's like you, you can be like I said. When I say rock star bedroom, bedroom rock star. Excuse me. It becomes, dude. I can rock the shit out of this guitar or this whatever in my bedroom. Right. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But you know, and you use those platforms to get you out there, which mm-hmm. is you know. As in the industry, you needed shitloads of money to even get your name out there. Yep. Now, you know, of course, you got Facebook and even old MySpace, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's still there. It's still there. And it's not nowhere near popular. Right. You know. Is it still largely music-based, though? Yeah, but it's controlled now. Oh, it's, gotcha. it's run by people who are putting money into it. Gotcha. That was the thing I liked about MySpace. Yeah, I'm going old school, fuckers. Is MySpace was so music-based over anything else. At least it seemed to be the case for the majority of it. Shut up! (laughs) Sebastian decides he wants to be on the show today, but he doesn't want to be in the room with us. So every now and then I'm just going to tell him to shut the fuck up. Talking loud, ain't saying nothing. Welcome to my... That's why I call him the orange fuckball. Here it comes now. What, dude? You gonna show up on the show today? Hey. There he is. Hi. Then what happened? Nothing? I think you're lying to us. You know we're recording, right? You don't care, do you? What a fucking asshole you are. (laughs) Um, But it it seemed to be the case when when MySpace first came out that it was was largely Mm -hmm. music-based. As with Facebook, back in the day when... MySpace was quote unquote popular. I got gigs off of MySpace. Yes. I mean, I've, obviously, I've gotten gigs off of Facebook too, way more. Um, Facebook has lasted longer, but I got a lot of gigs off of MySpace when I lived down in Atlanta. And you know what? And, and it, it works. Again, you know, people use it to a whole different context now. Right. Which is, which is a sad sense because now, you know, everything has good and evil. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, as you see now in today's world is, you know, it's everyone has a voice 
Oh yeah. You know, everybody has an agenda. Right. And it's behind the scenes, but face to face, no one's saying anything. Right. You know, even, even musically, musically, as we, you know, create and do stuff, I find great music. I find great artists, mm-hmm. you know, not even just musically, but I find great creative people doing some amazing work. Yep. And there was no way to be able to find that without Facebook. Oh no. You know, and, or even, you know, meeting new people, mm-hmm. you know, to get involved in something else. Yep. Not just Joe Blow down the street. Yeah. You know, I work with people who are in Japan, you know, and who's in crazy parts of the world that you can only read about. And pick up that country you drop. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big ass country. <clears throat> but, you know, and, and it's amazing. It's it amazing. Is. But, you know, then again, it's like it's oversaturated with crap. Mm-hmm. You know, again, because everybody thinks they're the best thing on earth. You know, right? And and, and everybody thinks your shit don't stink. Yeah, and even even like I have stuff on Facebook, and you know, working with that just to let people know that I'm there. Because at a point, there was no way I could have a budget of promoting anything that I do or what bands do or right. who I work with. Blah blah blah. I think it's just at a point now it needs to be a little bit more streamlined. I agree. I would but, agree with that. But then again, that's just my thought because at at a point it's, it's so oversaturated that people are ignoring it now. Yeah. Well, and I did a um, one of my solo shows a couple months ago. Uh, I was talking about the new algorithm change. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have to to use it efficiently now. People actually have to really pay attention. Hey, I wonder why so and so hasn't posted anything about where they're playing. Oh, they have. You just haven't paid attention to it, so it's not right. showing up on your feed. At least as far as Facebook goes. Well, but the, and but, they forget about it. Right, right, and that and that's part of the downfall because even at a, you know, like you're saying, you forget about it. The algorithms push you in a whole different direction. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes okay. Well, now it's oversaturated with so many people doing stuff that, yep. or at a point where you have to spend so much time looking, looking, and on it yep. that you're lost in that world and not in this reality of you know what i gotta go take a shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean but that's you know everybody poops everybody does and you know but some people think that they you know they don't right okay but it's like yeah i don't have that much time to spend you know i'd rather be creative doing something right and luckily there are a few things you know in in this world of internet and social media that you can do it in real time Mm mm-hmm you know, I can put the camera there and yeah. play and somebody's going to be watching, you know, and, and, and I love it. I love it. You know, I love it. But, I watch you and then I see who goes in the frame and then I get mad at you and I stop watching. <laughs> I get jealous. And, and, be honest with you, and especially with the cubbyhole, there's a lot of people who I don't put on frame. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I, and I, I know that just from, from being your friend and shit. Yeah. You and I have talked about yeah. that before. Yeah. Um, my floor can't handle anything else. Right, I'm not, not throw anything else on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, not yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I I think it's um, I think it's one of those things where something eventually is going to have to change for it to mean anything anymore because nothing seems to mean anything to anybody. Everybody takes shit for granted. Um, there is a specific young person I deal with on a regular basis. That is all I will say about this individual. And they shit just goes over their head because they don't think it's real. 
Well, I can find it on the fucking internet. I can find it on Google. I saw that on YouTube. It's yeah. not real. It's like, no, actually, it, this is a real, this is how you interact with another fucking human. One of my favorite stories is, uh, James Michael talked about this. James Michael is the singer for 6AM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, massive songwriter, wrote a, wrote way more songs than I knew he did. He had slash has a podcast. He hasn't posted anything in a couple months. Maybe his ADD kicked in and he forgot about his show. I don't know. But he told a story about this young female artist that his management hooked him up with, wanted to do a songwriting session with. Session with. Easy for me to say. And had a great text conversation, an email conversation with this person. She shows up at his studio. They're there for three hours and he couldn't get four sentences out of her. And he's like, where is this person that I was having this amazing... Mm communication with face to face she was fucking clueless 20 minutes after she left she was texting him it was so nice to meet you that was a great session blah 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 and he's going this is not the same fucking person but it is because people don't know how to communicate face to face they just don't have a clue well and that's the sad part it is because you know you need to be able to transition Mm -hmm. you know from one to another i think that's where social media has you know lost itself I think it's ruined people, honestly. Yes. Yeah, and it's ruined people, ruined relationships. Mm. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> and, you know, even bands, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, and I've seen it, mm. you know. And because people get jealous because, you know, someone is more popular than something else. Right. You know, the relationship is, oh, you're talking to somebody else, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they think that that's the, the relationship that you should be having face-to-face. Right. You know. Or the, uh, the, the other problem... Or the other side of that coin is they think that you talking to someone on social media is a relationship. Right, right. And it, it's not a relationship. No. It's an exchange of information. Thank you. I'm just saying. So that's the internet pearls. That's the social media stress. That, <laughs> that, you know, I'm not 20 something years old. I don't have time to sit there, you know, eight hours a day to Fuck just man. keep pumping. You know, and that's, and it's funny because we talk about because that's what the music industry used to do. Yeah. You know, where you spent money on promotion and advertising. Now that has become Facebook, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, all that shit, all that other stuff. There's a few new ones coming out like Twitch. Yeah. And, and you know what? And it's like this, again, it's oversaturated. So Mm -hmm. at this point you, with social media, you have, you, which is anything in marketing because you know, you have to find your group. Yeah, you have to find your audience in your niche. The audience in the niche. And if you don't, you're just throwing stuff out there. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully something sticks on the wall. Yep. You know, but at a point, you know, there's enough out there for everybody. Right. Find find your market, find your niche. And that's where John Marks Express comes to that. People are like, when are you going to play in the States? Why do I need to play here if I'm not making money over here? Right. You know, I can go to Europe and book six weeks of playing five to six nights a week. Right. You know, and be able to do that and have an audience of that. Yeah. You know, places that you would never think about playing. Well, let's let's be honest, and I'm speculating just because of information that I read and interviews I listen to, and everybody knows I'm a podcast junkie. Um, but since you've been there, would you agree that Europe as a whole are better music fans because they appreciate music more? Yes. Okay. Yes. I love yes. being right. Yes, no, it, seriously. It, it's serious. Yeah, that's um, something I've learned. And, you know, playing in the States and playing in Europe and all over, it's like they appreciate the creativeness. They, they appreciate music as an art form. Right. And it's not when 
we talked about it before, someone's like, hey, what do you do for a living? Yeah. I'm a musician. No, what do you really do for a living? Yeah. What is your day gig? Yep. You know, no, that is my day gig. That is my day gig. Unfortunately, it's and not it, mine, but I've but, been in the situation but, where it is. Yeah, but you know, here, that's the question. Mm-hmm. There, it's like, why are you here doing this? Because you're going to listen to it. Yeah. You appreciate it. And they will sit and talk to you for hours. Oh, yeah. Just on that alone. I um, I don't remember when it was. Uh, doesn't matter. Another <clears> podcast <throat> plug. Some of you fuckers are going to start paying me. Dee Snyder has a new podcast. Um, it's really cool. Go check it out if you haven't. But one of his first episodes was with J.J. French, who mm. was the original guitar player for Twisted Sister. Yeah. And they were talking about all the shit that's gone down with that band and why they retired after A.J. died and, and Portnoy filled in and all that kind of stuff. And it had nothing to do with Portnoy or anything like that. But the thing that, that struck me and that stuck out was they were both talking about how some people in the press and some people that were close to the band were kind of giving them shit for always going to Europe and giving them shit for they would play over here and they'd do 1,500, 2,000 seat venues and almost sell it out, if not completely sell it out. Mm. Which, that to me, I mean, that's still success, no right. matter how you slice it. Right. But he was saying that people in America, what he noticed from touring the world so many times, D was saying that what he noticed is people in America take shit for granted. If it's old, they don't give a fuck about it anymore. Right, right. He said, and when it really dawned on him was right before AJ passed, they did a tour, and AJ died in the middle of the tour, and they finished the tour with Portnoy, um, because that's who AJ would have wanted. Mm. But they were they did three shows, and I forgive me, just go listen to the fucking episode, kids, but they did three shows where there was over 50,000 people there that paid to see Twisted Sister. Right. Because they gave a shit. Right. Holy fuck, Twisted Sister's coming. We gotta go. Insert whatever language here, because right. I don't remember what countries they right. were. But he said that's when it really dawned on me that people, they do care about music. They don't give a shit what it is, what it was, what it used to be. He said the problem is, is in America, everybody's so inundated with garbage, they don't give a shit and they just move on. Oh, it's it's And he's got a point. Point. Big point, big point. It's the same thing I teach my kids, even though I'm not teaching anymore after this month, but it's the same thing I teach my... I, I don't give a fuck if you like the past or not. You have to at least learn from it. Learn why this guy was such a monster player and how he influenced this many people. Learn why right. Prince was a fucking genius. And you don't have to like any of this stuff. Uh-uh. And that's the best part about it. But there, I mean, and I will speak because I've spent many a times there. They know the history. And that like we've run into what they call the music police, which are a bunch of old dudes, <laughs> you know, who, who you would think, you know, just great, decrepit, whatever. They don't, they don't know shit about whatever. But... They knew Led Zeppelin before Led Zeppelin knew who, the, who, Led Zeppelin, who Zeppelin was. Excuse me. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know and, what you're talking about. And but at a point in that they will appreciate that, and then it's interesting because the promoters are going to these old dudes. Yeah. What have you heard? Nice. You know, instead of some other club owner, they're going to the streets. Yeah. You know, and it's in these villages and small. We call them villages because it's like you know, it's like how here, there's an area of town twenty miles away. There's another area of town. Right. It's not even intense, like a whole nother city. Yeah. You know, which becomes a whole another group of people. Yep. And here, like, you know, the bars are, you know, 18, older at a lot of, a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Some there 
or just like you see the grandmother bring in their grandkids. Oh, you that's know, cool. And and, I knew that, but I forgot about it. Yeah, you know, and, and like I have a. They're pitch. not as weird over there. No, as we it's like shit. you know, I've, you know, decent little venues. You know, a couple hundred people, and you have fans who are bringing their newborns to the point where I've been out there so much. I have a seven-year-old who, seven, eight-year-old who's a fan who comes to see me every year. Nice. You know, and they will travel. You that's know. cool. But here, it's like. Are you going to, you know, someone's going to take their kids to go see that they'll see a big band. Yeah. You know, but like Rush, you know, right. been a Rush fan, blah, blah, blah. Oh, let's go see Rush. Let's bring the kids up, blah, blah, blah. That's great. But not to a local scene in general to go check out this local band who's right. an up and coming situation because they're not going to put that money into it. Right. It, it's, it, it's interesting because you and I have been doing this long enough, but from my perspective, I'll speak only for me. You may agree or disagree, but it's interesting that nobody wants to, people want to support the famous people. Right. Without supporting the people to get them famous. Right. So it's this catch 22. Catch 22. And I am by no stretch of the imagination projecting anything negative on people that have made it. But they've made it. Help somebody else get to that level. Well, because everyone started the same place. Yeah, they Every, all did. Everyone started from I have nothing. Yeah, you know? they all did. And, and the majority of bands said this before fuckers and you're gonna get mad at me the majority of bands at some point probably started as cover bands or 50 50 somewhere in there always. just to get their fucking foot in the door while they honed their craft and, and, and I, got and I better said, and shit. i've said this many times you know again with social media stuff it's like oh it's okay to do some cover stuff absolutely it's okay if you're a starting band i mean because even john marks express will throw in three or four covers right just to keep things open and interested yeah you know for interesting excuse me for other people to listen to yeah you know because if they don't know you how are you going to keep their right and that's not me advocating for cover bands either no, that's no. just making yeah, a and, point it's like fucking bon jovi didn't come out and just wrote slippery when wet and they were huge didn't no, happen that no, way no and if any of you another plug somebody send me money if any of you have not seen twisted fucking sister on netflix Go watch Check it. Check it out. It's Have great. you seen it? I, I've only seen parts because I've only because I have it in my queue and I was like, "Fucking amazing!" You know, and and the entire documentary. I'm not giving anything away, but the entire documentary is the first 12, 13 years before they made it. It ends when they got signed. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows about the 12, 13 years and, and, before. Yeah, because it's overnight success for most people. Right. And then and then others know only big hair. Yeah. You know. Right. Like big hair and spandex and you right. Know, even like bands like I'll throw one for you, Striper. Absolutely. You know. Love that band too, Amazing by the way. Amazing band. Amazing band. You know, but does someone here know anything about that? You know, but it's a history of what we travel through. Right. So, social media doesn't give you that. Uh-uh, not it, anymore. Not even. Well, you know, that's the whole thing because it's yeah. like, oh, this is the next new thing. Right. No, let me tell you about this cat over here. Right. You know, who influenced that. Yeah. You know? And why it even exists. You know. And the, the Twisted Sister story is not uncommon. Bands, I mean... I've talked about Hootie earlier. That band grinded it out. And I don't even think that's the right word. No, that's a great word. That's a great they phrase. They grinded it out for years before they got a deal. But no one wants to work. No. Again, social media brings it to effect of quick, fast, and a hurry. Oh, yeah. You know, a couple Nobody of wants to work for anything. You know, I, I want to be the next sensation online. You know, why not be the next sensation, sensation in your area to push that so you can be right. something else? And... Again, everything is different, and that's the downfall of what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's like learning how to drive a car. 
And then all of a sudden your parents, you know, some people have that money where it's like, oh, my first car is a Jaguar right. or whatever. You're not going to appreciate that. Mm-mm. You know, then it's like, I'm in a, and I'm not throwing, you know, I work with, I work with the band where they're young and they're all of a sudden rock stars. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, You can, it, that's up to you if you want to say the name or not, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, you know, I'll put it out there, throw it on the floor. A band called Unlocking the Truth started 12 at 12, 9, 10, 11, 12 yep. years old. And they have a documentary on Netflix. And they have a documentary. They have a book. They have, uh, you know, it, and it's crazy. The story's crazy. Yep. But then to realize, hey, you have to put in some work. Yep. You know, you're not, you know, because I work with them at a point where I've had to yell at them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be 10, 12 years. You're not going to be cute little boys anymore. Right. You can yell. No, it's, it's great. No, trust me. You haven't heard the stage voice. I have a soft-spoken, dark, deep voice. But when my stage voice comes in. You ever seen Ted too? Yes. I want to have sex with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, squirrel. Mm. No, but you, you've told me that story before about them. And, you know, and they're great. They're great musicians, you know. But they've only gotten one segment of it all. Yeah, on on the one hand, they're I'm putting words in your mouth, but yeah. on the one hand, they're kind of clueless. Yes, very not not one hand. It's it's clear. Yeah, you know, and and that's where I get so frustrated. I was like, dude, you guys are great. You ain't that good. <laughs> there is that. I've, you know, you, you just, I've had to do you, that before. You, just, you happen to, and there's a few people. <clears throat> you know, you happen to have that luck. You know, and mm-hmm. via social media and a few other things that have that luck because, you know, yeah, you can find them on YouTube. It's like, oh, wow. You know, but what happens after this? Right. You know, do you know the industry? Do you know, you know, what really goes on? Right. You know, and life is a shithole at times. It, it it'll can suck be. suck you in. It can you know? be. And I've told people for years and I've said it on this show, playing music, with, I say this with a grain of salt, playing music as a whole, if you're good at your instrument. But playing music, that's not the hard part. That's the fucking easy that's part. The easy part. That's, that part's so easy to, to us that yeah. are musicians that have been doing it for a long time and we right. know our craft. That's why I say it with a grain of salt. It, it's everything else that goes with it and goes behind the scenes. That's the fucking hard part. That's where right. the real work comes in. Very much so. At least to me. I mean, I, again, I still practice. I don't practice near as much as I, as I would like to. Um, and believe it or not, self-practice. Everybody knows I hate rehearsing, but self-practice, I need to do more, but I still do it. But I think there comes a point where, and I'm guilty of this. I was guilty of it. I'm not anymore. But there's a point where a musician will, they get the 10,000 hours thing in their head and they do it Mm -hmm. and they do it, they do it well and they become really good at their instrument, but they're dumb as fuck when it comes to everything else because they didn't stop and take the time to go, there's got to be more to it than just playing. It's called business. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, exactly. This is, you know, and the business is a big word. Mm-hmm. It is not just oh, got me, a lot of letters in it. Yeah, so let me count my checks. No, this is yeah, a lot no. of things. There's a lot of things you need. <laughs> there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, you know, and that's where you know I come in at it for a lot of things. Yeah. You know, people don't know what I do until I don't do it. True. That means you can be my business manager. You don't want that. You're right. I don't. We'll be both broke. We're yeah, because we'd be playing all fucking day. Right, that's right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You'd get nothing done. Nothing done. You got a couple of songs. Okay, great, but that's it. 
What'd y'all do yesterday? Oh, there's this really cool diner that I begged Alex to take me to. <laughs> I think it was in Hell's Kitchen, and we just sat there and got drunk all day. No, um, no but it, you know, it, it's that, and that's where right. so, but social media brings that. You know, the falsehood. Mm-hmm. Of, I like that falsehood. That's a good know, word to. It's a good word to use to describe it. So because it is, it, it, it's all. Listen, fuckers, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Mm-hmm. This ain't for everybody. Mm-mm. You know, this ain't for the weak at heart. You know, I said a couple of times on the road when you put the wrong gas in the gas tank for a diesel truck and it's a holiday season. True story. <laughs> you know, it's holidays in Europe and you're in bumfuck nowhere and you have to figure out how to get this, get this new gas in and get this other pumped out. Ooh. And you don't speak the language. Ugh. Good luck. Yikes! But, but you, you happen to have a day off, but then you have to be at another show that's six hundred miles away, mm. and you just spent the money you made on getting your vehicle fixed just to get there. Ugh. No one talks about that, you know. No, no one don't. sees that, but they want to show you the pretty shit. Oh yeah, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or Tumblr or whatever you want to do, you know, mm-hmm. Snapchat or whatever it's called, you know, but. I heard a good one the other day. Somebody said fake space. Yeah, it's basically that. Because you know, <laughs> it's, you know, because it's like you can be some something else, you know. Yeah. But but the reality of these, you know, being a musician is the business, you know. Now, true, if you just want to be again the bedroom rock star, you just want to be the local. Nothing wrong with it, the weekend warrior. Trust me, we've all been there. Yeah. Great, but own it. Yeah. You know. I, I think. I say it pretty much every show, and, and most people get tired of hearing me say it. Don't email me, fuckers. I don't want to hear it today. Uh, I'm kind of known as a little bit of an asshole. Some people think I'm a major asshole. And it's, I think it's because I don't sugarcoat anything. But the only reason I say that is because I own what I am. I've done some amazing shit. I've done some garbage. And I've done everything in between. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not done. And it... But I'm okay with all of it. But you should be, and it's like if you're, you not, know what I mean? Yeah. If you, and if you know, you could be the nicest person in the world and be the, and be the asshole. Oh, for but, sure. Because at this point in this game, let to say this game because it's you know what it is. It is a fun game. If you're not an asshole in this, you're getting run over. Yeah. You you got to be firm and assertive. Like I don't put up with bullshit. I um, I don't know if he wants to, me to tell him his name, but he no 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 he 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 will giggle at this story. Somebody told a very good friend of mine that he was, he heard he was hard to deal with. Person A, my friend will be person B. Person A said, I've heard you're hard to deal with. Person B said, I am the nicest guy in the world. Until you try to fuck me out of money, then I'm your worst goddamn enemy. There you go. Simple. And he's giggling right now. (laughs) (laughs) But, but he's got a point. He's right. Because... In corporate America, in McDonald's America, in Kohl's, pick a fucking industry, it's the same thing. It's the it's same, same exact thing. Same thing. It's just for whatever reason, it, 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 musicians and artists and fucking even magicians and jugglers, if you want to get real technical and any kind of entertainment, it's it's kind it, it's not. I don't want to say it's frowned upon, but it's sort of is frowned upon. What do you mean you want money? You just play music. No, motherfucker. It's everything else that goes with well, it. But that's also the, again, it goes back to you know being it was mentioned before the being in Europe, 
mm-hmm. you know, or versus playing here. Yep. Because people want you to play for exposure, so to speak. Using oh yeah. That frame, you know, that reference exposure or you know, oh yeah, you just play music. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, Ryan Murphy says you can't put exposure in the bank. No, can't. Mm-mm. You know. And but I need to get paid just like if you go to McDonald's, I don't want you're not flipping burgers just to be like, you know what, I want to do this for fun. Yeah. No, fuck you know? no. I mean you can you, do that at home. End of the week comes, you want your paycheck. I want a paycheck. You yeah. know, and if I do a gig and if I play for you, I'm not entertaining you making you jump and jive and jiggle. No. You know, just because I want to see it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, some some of them jump jobs and jiggles we don't want to see. No, we don't want to see it. But I'm just that, saying, y'all. Well, I don't want to say that shit. But with that being said, it's like this is true. This is a true business. Oh, absolutely. You know, again, it goes back to we say social media doesn't show you that. Mm-mm. And Dave Moody said it best to me years ago. He looked me in the eye and we were having a, a, a disagreement. And he looked me in the eye and he said, motherfucker. LG and E don't care where their money comes from. And he's right. For the non-Louisville listeners, that's our local power company. They don't. They don't give a shit where your money comes from. They just want the money to keep your lights on. That's how it works. I think that kind of wraps up social media issues because you, you've you put it a little more eloquently than some people, but it's, it's pretty much the same shit. It yeah. always is. Always. You know what I mean? It, it hasn't... It, it only advances... Mm-hmm. It doesn't the the model doesn't really change. No, not not no. not that much. It's always going to be the same shit, I think, because people are hard headed and it takes them a minute to catch on to stuff. Right. right. <laughs> and for the ones that know, it's like we don't have money to promote. So guess what? Let's figure it out. Yeah. If you know how to use that, and there's people who are geniuses at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, they you are. Know. I am not one of them. Yeah. I am horrible at self promotion. I'm terrible. And like, oh, I'm the worst. And, you know, I get I get pushed about it. I'm just like, you should really be doing this. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I, I wish I could. You know why I'm bad about it? I'm bad about it because I think it comes off douchey. Right, right. And it comes off not genuine. When you're talking about, like we joke about name dropping or talking about yourself. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm just not that one. Right. You well, know? and that's why I make a joke about it. Because I personally know you're not that way. Yeah. I've... But I've seen the picture in the cubby hole. Don't even mess with me. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. if, you know I got tracks for other stuff that people like. No, <laughs> speaking, it's funny. Social media works. This is how social media works, and it's funny because I, you know, again, I don't promote myself the way I should in some situations or talk about myself. Right. But my best friend in New York um, downloaded a song, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Dude, you know, came back. He's like, you got to hear this track I just downloaded.' Blah blah blah. We were sitting in the garage talking crazy." And he started playing it, and it was one of those moments I didn't say anything. And he was like, what's wrong? I was like, I wrote it. <laughs> and he was like, no, you I was like, yeah, that's me. You know, it was with a major artist doing a remake of another song. And, right. And he was like, dude, this thing is the greatest, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, cool. He's like, what's wrong? I was like, yeah, dude, that's me. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, I'm your dude, you didn't tell me? Hmm? I was like, listen, I've told a lot of shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I a lot of shit. At Sometimes point, I forget. I forget. It's like, I don't yeah. think about it because it's something else that I move into. Yep. It's when I say I forget to call you back. <laughs> you know, I've got, yeah, other, don't even, yeah, I've got other stuff going on that just forget keeps on moving. Call me back. You don't call. You don't email. No carrier pigeons. Nothing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Did you see my pigeon holding in Poland? What? I have pictures of me holding pigeons in Poland? Yes. I did see that. <laughs> So that's anyway. my carrier pigeon. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna make it from Poland. No, no, he's just gonna yeah. throw that out there. 
<laughs> You're a little tired. <laughs> so let's move on to stories from the stage. All right, so what do you got for me? Because I know you toured the world. Because <laughs> you're Mr. World Traveler. Oh my god, you're so special. I'm my third passport. I don't even have one. You better get it now, player, because we got work to do. Uh, oh, oh, gauntlet has been thrown? Yes, please. I'm telling you that now. Mm-hmm. Get one. We got work to do. Mm-hmm. I can't do work without it. All right, then. Yeah, because I've seen one video and I was like, Alex needs me. Yes. Please. <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm begging and I don't beg. Please. All right, so what do you got? You can be good or bad. It's Ooh. up to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So We already know you ran out of gas at holidays. Yeah, that, that's, that was the fun part. That ain't nothing. There's, the best was, there two, it was two in one. Okay. I was out with uh, Miss Lauren Hill. Oh, I forgot that you did that. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was out Miss Lauren Hill. Wait, let me, let me write that down. Another yeah. reason I don't like you anymore. Yeah. Mop the floor of this mess. Yeah, man. <laughs> I got holes in my carpet in my office. Um, <sighs> we were traveling to Canada. Mm-hmm. The first part was the bus pulls up into the hotel. Right. And Snoop Dogg's uncle was sitting out front. <laughs> So we're hang- talking for a minute before we waiting to get checked in, and there were no smoking floors. Right. I'm like, we need a smoking floor. Snoop Dogg took all the smoking floors, the <laughs> whole floor. <laughs> so there was a couple of us. Other names I'm not going to drop, but there was a couple of us who were just. Oh, kinda, you on a roll now? Yeah, Why not? Just like, do it. So we were kind of like, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's no no secret I smoke weed. Okay. Okay. But so I was kind of bummed because it's cold in Canada and I don't want to go outside to smoke weed. Right. So why not have a smoke room? But we can't because Snoop took over there. <laughs> so they finally said, okay, he, he, he relinquished a room. Right. We get to the floor, the elevator opened up. And it was just like, you know, when smoke in a room is just kind of wavy. A, a haze. Just, the haze. That wavy haze, haze yeah. yeah. And it just hits you. <laughs> and it was like. <laughs> At that point, you went, I don't need a room. I don't need a room I now. just need to stand in the hallway. Just to stand in the hallway for me. <laughs> and and I, I wish I could be like, no, really, this is true. So we're dealing with that because we were also doing, it was the same festival. We're on the same festival and he was on one stage and we we're working on another. Right. And. There was a point where, fast forward, we finally do this and we're having a good time. Right. We finally get to the stage, blah, blah, blah. And I call it the glam squad, which is, you know, the clothing people who work with her and her outfits or whatever. Right. And because the way the stage was set so high and it was very windy, Mm -hmm. I just happened to notice some clothing that they were putting up for her to choose. And I was like, please don't put her in the miniskirt. Because it's windy out. Right. And what does she do? She comes out on stage in a miniskirt. And it was one of those moments where everything's fine until the wind starts going. Then I realized all the media, our cameras looking up at a 45 degree angle, yep. taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And we're going to her assistant 
yo. This is not good. This is not a good look. And right. there's fan because you know there's fans going in, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. There was a point where they like the her assistant has stage fright, so she won't go out on stage to move the fans or whatever. Right. So they're going back and forth trying to tell. Can you tell her? Can you move the fans? Right. The problem is I'm a southern gentleman. <laughs> because if you have to bend down to move the fans. You have to know where the fan is pointing to. True. Okay. So when I'm on the ground, adjusting the fans, looking up, you see all her glory. <laughs> <laughs> see where this is going. I, yes, I do. So needless to say, I knew a lot more than I needed to know about her her outfit. <laughs> Or, or the lack of the lack thereof <laughs> and, and that's what happens in Canadian yeah that's what happens so after the show she comes and she's screaming she's mad at me how come no one's doing this how come no one moved the fans blah, blah. she's like oh you, you really like you didn't move the fans I'm like I'm looking at your crotch right and the fact that you have pink and purple underwear on right thong on. you have a thong on and I know it's pink and purple right that's not me so put that in check. Don't let that happen again. I'm a Southern gentleman. I'm going to tell you straight out. We don't do that. Right. Well, I'm this and that. I don't give a flying fuck who you are. Right. This is something that I don't, that I don't do. Right. It's like my grandmother going to come out of the grave and whoop my ass. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. So our relationship became really good at that point because it was at a point like, again, I give no fucks on who you are. Right. You can have the name all blah, 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 all day long. Fuck you, pay me. Oh, I get it. But What with, movie is that from? Oh. Ooh, put you on the spot. Oh, that's the spot. Uh-huh. That's the spot. Your building burnt down? Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> Come on now. Your liquor didn't show up? Fuck you, pay me. Give it to me. Ugh. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt that you don't know. That's a bad scene. Good fellas. Oh, perfect. But that's real, though. It that's is real. real. No, it is real. Uh, you know the artist Michelle Gacello? Mm-hmm. I don't know her personally. Okay, but I'm not as cool as you. No, there was a moment I was doing a show and I was playing. I'm in... way less cool than you. Please. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Captain Kangaroo is cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, I was ahead. doing I was doing a show in a city in New York, and. It was just a nice little jam session at the end. Now, first off, if you don't know who Michelle is, she's just this badass bass player. Oh, yeah, she's phenomenal. And songwriter, blah, blah, blah. Most people don't know, but that one song that John Cougar did, and I can't remember the name of it, it's got that amazing bass line. That's her. That's her. That's her. Just for y'all kids that don't know who she is. She was signed to Madonna's label with that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She was at the gig, and I didn't know it. And she tapped me on the shoulder from behind because it was like, we're just kind of, everybody's changing off an instruments, blah, blah, blah. Right. Nice show. And as an artist, there's, there's people you don't want to play behind. Right. Oh, I know. Yes. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it alone. Yes. And, you know, I, I I pride myself on what I can do. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, my ego's like, here I am, but I'm doing this, blah, blah. She taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, cool. Michelle's here. And I'm, I'm a big fan. You know, I was a big fan. <laughs> no, I'm a big fan. But it literally was, I gave her my bass. 
because she's really short. So she had to sit on the amp. Right. You know, and hold the bass. And she was sitting there. And I went to the bar. And no one realized that we changed. And I sat at the bar with a drink. And the singer in the band that I was in was like, yo, Alex is killing it, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm tapping like, no, that's Michelle killing it. <laughs> to the point where it was like, it was quite embarrassing because the same bass line that I was playing, she was murdering the bass line. Nice. To the point where it was like. Wait, not nice. No, no nice. Yeah, it was nice, but not nice. It was yeah. just one of those moments like, <laughs> it, it was one of those moments like, I couldn't ask for the instrument back to be like, I got to play now. Right. So I was like, no, you go ahead and you play. You finish it. Please. Set, um, yeah. I'll because, be at the bar crying. Right. right. My drink. Right. <laughs> T- tears in my beard. It was a But it was just one of those moments. I was just like, you know what? I, I, you really have to figure some stuff out. Like we talked about earlier. So, right. you know, because someone else can come in and just nail everything you're doing with. Oh, yeah. With no rehearsing and blah 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 i've been on both sides of that situation i've been the one who got replaced because i didn't know what i was doing and i have been the one that replaced people because they didn't know what they were doing i I, so i get it from both sides so that's the second one the third one and the best one for me is i'm a big fan of you know tm stevens who's that ah tm stevens actually bass player he played with the kinks um he's played with james he co-wrote coming to america with james brown Living in America. Living in America. I, oh, I know who you're talking about. I know. I mean, I'm not that familiar with him, but so in in, in, in the bass community, he's one of those like he's just one of those dudes, <clears throat> a and Jocko type, he, yes, legendary yes, dude. Yes, gotcha. You know, and he's done it all. Right. Everyone. Um, again, as an artist, not just playing bass, he does a lot more. Right. So he's just the monster of monsters, whatever. And there was a moment where he was too drunk and effed up to play. And right. I was in, the, this is in Europe, but I was in the audience and some friends just hanging out. And all of a sudden I hear my name over the PA. Alex, can you come to the stage? This is in front of like 4,000 people. Oy. And I'm like, and I wasn't paying any, you know, I'm in the middle of the crowd. You know, <laughs> like, wasn't even thinking about blah, blah, blah. And I kept, Alex, Alex, come, I see you come up, come up here. We need you right now. And it was literally, TM goes here and he hands me the bass. This is like halfway through the set. Finish out the set. No shit. And it was one of those like, you're playing that we're talking about badasses behind the scenes and people do your history of music and artists right. that you're playing with. And it was like, like all, the wrecking crew being one of the, Right. most amazing bunch right. of musicians ever right. and the average person doesn't know they exist right or, gotcha. you know and literally was like tm hands me his bass the first of tm's like six four Oy. so his bass i had to sit down yeah because you're like five two right so <laughs> i had i had to sit <laughs> i'm actually five eight thank you very much I got five. Listen, there's not a whole lot of dudes that are shorter than me. So when I, when one of my friends is shorter than me, (laughs) I take advantage of the joke. Please do. Because I'm only five, nine and a half on a good day. See, there you go. (laughs) I need high heels. No, 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 you don't. No. All right. You would not look good in high heels. That's true. I got too, my ass is too big. (laughs) So with that being said, it was literally, I had a brother, Ronnie Drayton, who's great guitar player and again history of what you know and um bad call not remember the drummer's name keith leblanc 
who is part of Sugar Hill Gang. Okay, gotcha. From Rapper's Delight and yep. all the, you know, Grandmaster Flash and all that stuff. And these guys are playing the right. trio. And it was literally, TM's like, I can't finish out the set. You. Play. Ugh, that's awesome. And it was an awesome moment, but it was one of those moments nerve wracking as hell. Nerve wracking bass you've never played, not adjusted. Yep. So the crazy part of being about stage stories. So I had to sit down because the strap was so long. Mm-hmm. So I had to sit down. The only place to sit down was in front of the kick drum. Oh. Now, if you do your history, Keith LeBlanc is Questlove has nothing on Keith LeBlanc. Oh, sure. From the roots. Keith is a machine. Right. And his foot is like another hammer. Mm -hmm. So. I suffer the same affliction. If you're sitting. You know this about me. Yes. Yes. So imagine. You forgot, didn't you? Right, right. Yeah, yes. But imagine sitting in front of that kick drum in front of all these people and someone trying to yell out the chord progressions for you for songs and it's just kick it's just pounding oh that had to suck pounding and pounding and I wasn't prepared I didn't have earplugs for nothing so it was one of those it was a moment of pray your head's gonna explode yeah I'm (laughs) I'm dying (laughs) you know it's like sitting your head in the Liberty Bell and someone is banging, Ugh. you know, it going and going. And then someone in the other ear trying to call out chord progressions. Right. To get through another half hour, 45 minutes of this set. Oh, that's crazy. And it, and cool. It's cool. It's crazy. And it was just one of those moments. And it was like a high moment and a low moment because your idol. Hand you his bass. Hand you his bass. But then you realize your idol can't finish because he's too effed up to do it. Yep. <laughs> but then it's like your other idols are here counting on you to help them finish through this set. <laughs> and you can't hear shit. I can't hear your gear. shit. Right. None of this. <laughs> and you can't touch anything except just turn it up and play. Right. So, turn the volume knob on and go. Right. So that's that set really well with me for a long time. Oof. But yeah. Did the night end okay though? It ended out well. Nice. It ended out well. It's like, you know, again, it's like it puts that notch in your belt to be like, hey, you did it. You're one of the guys that can really pull, you know. Yeah, you can pull that off. But, you know, it's at a point it's like you just have, that's where the behind the scenes of rehearsing your instrument, not even rehearsing, practicing, knowing what you can and can't do. Yep. And the ego goes out the window quickly. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's it's like it shows what you're made of. Oh, yeah. Because none of this is easy no you know it, as you see the big the big stadiums the crowds or the small clubs whatever it's work oh yeah you know and if you don't know what you're doing at any point it's a train wreck that you're just it it will either make you quit mm-hmm. or make you better make you better it's and i don't think there's really an in-between because i've again i can say i've been on both sides mm-hmm. i've been in massive train wrecks that made me want to quit Thankfully, I didn't. Um, and I've been in train wrecks that have made me a better player because I know what to look for. Right. You know what I mean? Right. One of my favorite quotes was from Miles Davis. And uh, the guy that was interviewing him said, well, you're playing this jazz and nobody really knows what exactly you're doing. What do you do when you make a mistake? And Miles said, when you fuck up, you keep fucking up until you find one again. Right. And then call yeah. it jazz. Call it jazz. <laughs> Repeat, repeat until until it sounds good. <laughs> but there, but that's there's a lot of truth in that though, because a lot of people 
say that I'm good or I'm great or I'm this or that and that and I'm not belittling anything. I, I take all compliments and all criticism. I don't care. But I think one of the things that does set me apart is it's not that I don't make mistakes. My recovery from my mistakes is almost always perfect. Right. Because I learned from those mistakes. I learned from those train wrecks. I learned I don't know where I am. How do I get out of this without screwing up who I'm playing with? Right. Because right. if right. I can save myself, they're going to be fine. If I drop it, we're all dead. Right, right. And, and that's the hard part from drummer and bass players because it's like if you, it you is. or myself either fall out, yeah, the whole thing is gone. Yeah, they're screwed. Guitar players and keyboard players can be like, let me go get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch this now, Narkin. It right. sustains forever. Right. But right. but there is a lot of truth in it. And that, I think that's one of the things that that does set me apart a little bit is because I learned how to recover from mistake from mistakes from that article. And you have to because it stuck with me for to this day. But it it hit me like in the head. I went, "Holy shit, that's the most true thing ever." And and it's and it's funny because you mentioned it's me playing like I have a circle of motion in playing. Mm -hmm. Part of that also is I never start exactly on the one. I've which is that teaching yourself how to come out of mistakes. Yep. I basically now when I'm playing and start to play, I. To know where you are, and as that circle of motion, I'll start to play around the note until it falls right into it. I got yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, and it's a, it could be one or two notes, and it sounds it you know. And I never start exactly on the one because at that point, everything else is happening. Right. So if I pull out or fall back into a you know if I fall off in a situation, I can fall right back in. Gotcha. And you know, and which I'm makes sense. Which which totally does. And a lot of people don't see it. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, you need to be right here, this and that. It's like no. I need to come in so you don't know that I even was gone. Yeah. But if I do fall off into a situation, it sounds like it was meant to be. Yeah. I'm telling my own, telling my own secrets. Well, you better stop. Yeah. But you know what? But here's the thing. <laughs> it took a lot to figure that out. Yeah. You know, for my own playing. Because yep. everyone has their own way of doing things. And that's part of, you know, when they talk about techniques and learning someone else's technique, mm -hmm. your body's not the same, so the technique no. is never going to be the same. No, and it's also a, the, the the same can be said for the thought process. I, I've said forever, you can take 10 drummers, hand them the exact same piece of gear, the exact same sheet music, the exact same sticks, and you're still going to get 10 different interpretations. Right, right. Even if they play it note for note, because people don't think the same. You could think alike, but then I'm not going to think like... Uh, a Danny Carey or a Will Calhoun or a Steve Jordan. I'm not. Right. None of us are better or worse than the other one. But I don't think like those dudes, and they don't think like me. That's why it's always kind of bugged me that everybody is so competitive, especially drummers. Drummers well, are the worst. But you know what? That's that's where I mentioned. I think like even on my business card, if you don't feel it, don't play it. Yeah. Because it's really the same twelve freaking notes. Let's get to a point of I that. I have more than 12. Well, you have more if, than 12. If I right? have and, bigger drum set. Well, but no, you but, know, yeah, but, you're right. Yeah, but and at that point, how you put that together, the mm -hmm. feeling of how you put that together makes more sense than actually playing the notes. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, do, re, mi, or, you know, even some nursery rhymes are the same freaking things. Oh, yeah. But how you interpret that to play it, you know, is more of a feeling. Oh, I, I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, you know, and, and I've learned that even though bigger stages and smaller stages with big artists and small artists, it's like, how are you interpreting this? Yep. You know, these like stories of stages of, you know, the crazy and the good, you know, fall off the stage and keep playing. 
been there. I didn't keep playing because my drums didn't come with me, but, yeah, but I have fallen off the yeah, stage. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just that, you know. <laughs> but, you know, and to for be... the record, it sucks. <laughs> not a feeling I enjoy having. No. You know, so much. <laughs> I hated it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a unique process mm-hmm. for people to, you know, to, to interpret that, yep. to play that, to play with the mistakes, play, you know, like, you know, in it, looking up someone's skirt or whatever, you can't be affected by that, uh-uh. you know, or in literally, you know, strings breaking. There are things, you know, there's a great video of Steve Ray Vaughan playing and he broke a string and his tech comes in and switches out guitars and at a point you have no idea that he even stopped playing. There's a, there's a video of Stuart Copeland did the same thing. He went through a snare head first song, it, freak accident it does happen people um it wasn't about he didn't take care of his gear once in a while you just get a shitty head right and he went right through it and he immediately because he plays traditional grip those of you that can't see me i'm doing a chicken wing with my left elbow he immediately put his arm up like this went to his first rack tom step came in switched the drum out he didn't skip anything he didn't freak out he just immediately moved now, granted, he has a tech, so it's a little well, easier. But you know what? But the thought is there. He goes, all right, I've got a mistake. Keep going. Right. Somebody will come fix this shortly. Right. And he did. Before the song and, was over, you know, he went and, right back to his snare. And, and as that comes on, I, I do tech work. You know, yeah. I'm a tech as well. You know, I tech with, like, I'm, I'm a mess up your carpet. Damn. You know, I tech with Living Color, <clears throat> um, bass guitar tech, and guitar tech for Vernon Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I work with Fishbone. Mm-hmm. And I was getting spies mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But it's at the point it's like I'm sulking over here, kid. <laughs> you know. And and it's interesting to see that interaction. You have to be Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, as much of a player as a tech yep. as a player who's playing on stage. I, I agree with that. P- Stacy asked me all the time because the the thing I bitch about the most with what I do is loading and unloading and setting up and tearing down. I hate it. I cannot stand it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because drum equipment is so heavy. And I've been doing it for 30 years. Right. I'm just over it. Right. And she gives me shit all the time. She's like, why don't you hire a tech? Three reasons. I'm too cheap. Start there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anybody in my immediate circle of friends slash musician friends that I can trust and depend on because they are also busy. And three, nobody's going to do it like me. Right. If I can find those three a happy medium, I'd have a tech tomorrow. You know, even two of the three. If you're listening, kids. Right. I mean, but you know what? You know, grab an intern. Grab, grab, grab a young kid who wants to learn. I did that once, and it did not work out for me. Nothing bad happened, but it was, I, I had a gig where he couldn't be there. And I went to unpack my stuff, and nothing was where it was. And it took me an extra 20 minutes to set my rig up, and I was... Okay. you're over that you yeah can't, you I, can't do that i can't do that you know and, right. and it's funny because it's like i being a tech at times especially like with doug limish mm-hmm. you know great friend blah blah blah. you're sitting behind the scenes to learn a lot oh yeah you know it was a moment i think it was years ago when we first met i was like i want lessons right could i get lessons from you and it's kind of disheartening he's like no <laughs> but the response to that no but we can hang out yep and then, then at that point became, oh, that's way more than lessons. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? So then it becomes, you know, that trust factor. Yep. You know, of learning things. 
Yep. You know, now I take that to the stage, you know, yep. when I'm playing, but at a point there are other people who I've trained now also to work in the production side of stuff. And then it's like other people, artists, like you work with Alex, haven't you? Mm-hmm. It's like, they're like, how'd you know? Cause we know what he does. And if you're doing that, okay. Yeah. Then yeah. you're there. Yeah. And but, that's again, be the dead horse that goes back to the musical maturity. Yeah. You know, and it's figuring it's, stuff you know, out, figuring it out, you know, being able to play, but it's also, it's not always about you, Mm-mm. you know, the ego of wait, what? It's not about you. Wait. What? Yes, exactly. Damn it. I'm you just know. kidding. <laughs> no, but for real, I mean, you, re- you understand it. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's not about you. It's like, and it's great. Like I said, I can name drop all these things, you mm-hmm. know, these people and it's great, but you're only as good as what you did. Absolutely. But what are you doing? And at that point, you know, it's, and I joke and laugh, it's like, yeah, I worked with Fishbone and Living Color a few weeks ago. And it was one of those moments of like, when someone's calling you, they trust yep. that you can do this. Absolutely. You know, if you see like, I'll videotape, I'll be right there on stage videotaping and, you know, Vernon Reed's like, blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> you know, there's things that just like, no, you know, I, cause I can do that now. You yeah. Know, it's like, cause it's like, now you're wilding. Yep. <laughs> you know, if you know Vernon's rig, <laughs> he's always wilding. Love you, V. <laughs> but you be wilding sometimes. Mm. All right. Yeah. So let's move on to what are you listening to? All right. What do you got? It can be podcast, it can be music, it can be uh, birds chirping. What? Wow. What am I listening to? I have to pull up my Spotify because... <laughs> You're I, not the first. Because <laughs> I listen to a lot of crap. Um, Richard Spaven is some kind of chill um, drum and bass vibe right now. Gotcha. Um, Chronics, an artist who I work with. And Dub Trio. I've heard of that. Are kind of the main... Nothing but thieves. I mentioned that to you a few weeks ago. You did, and I've heard. Uh, you actually let me listen to some of that when I was at your house. Yeah, some great songwriting. Yeah, there's some good stuff in that. I need to get back to that. Uh, most of my listeners know this. You probably don't because we don't ever talk about it. I go through phases where I listen to music for enjoyment, and then I have to stop it because I'm learning other songs. Right. And right. my plate is probably. I have probably. I'm not exaggerating. I bet I have 150 songs I have to learn. It's, it's overload. Yeah, it's yeah. complete overload. But yeah. So when I'm not learning tunes, it's usually podcast or silence. But and, but I do have a list. I have everything saved in my Rhapsody player where I, shit I want to get to. Um, those couple, but right now the main one I think I'll throw in is Corey Glover's new band. Uh, I didn't even know he had a new band. With uh, George Lynch. Yeah. Do what? Yeah, George Lynch has a rockin'. I gotta what, pull this up now. With Corey Glover? Yes. Corey. Oh, you can't play that because I'm not gonna have to pay yeah, for I'm it. Not, yeah, no. Well, oh, you're just gonna show it to me? Yeah, I'm gonna show it to you. Sweet. Called Ultraphonics. Nice. And it's Corey and George Lynch's new project. That's pretty badass. And it's some heavy stuff. Like heavy as in heavy music? It's or it's, heavy as in deep. It, it's heavy music. Nice. It's it's rock. Nice. It's some, it's, and it's something. It's not the shred stuff that George Lynch used to do. It's known that he's known for. That he's known for. Well, he he's kind of an interesting cat because I've listened to quite a few interviews with him, uh, and he has lately he's been doing a lot of side projects. In mm-hmm. one of the last interviews that I heard from him, I ain't gonna say your name because you won't talk to me, podcast 
massive person you um he was talking about he has all these projects but he he doesn't plan on touring them and the guy asked me so well, why don't you plan on touring me he said at this point i don't want to tour i just want to make music with all these amazing people that are in the world mm-hmm. um and i i'm totally dropping the ball because i can't remember any of them now but he's done like three or four solo records so it's 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 a happy surprise that he's working with Corey Glover, but I'm not surprised if that makes any sense. Right, right, right. That's, right. that's cool as shit. I mean, because Corey's still out with Living Color. Right. But, it's, you know, it's when Corey's like, yo, I got some new songs and they check out. I'm like, whoa. You know, when I yeah. heard that, I'm like, are you... you Is the record out now? Yeah, it's out now. Nice. Most definitely. Nice. You know, between that and some older stuff, Aquarium Rescue Unit. Love that band. I have so, not listened to them in a long time, but when I was in Atlanta... That's all I listen to. Right. And, you know, that's, to me, is timeless. Mm -hmm. And that drummer, I cannot remember his name. Apartment Q. He's got a weird name. Yeah. He's a monster player. Monster player. Monster. I mean, the whole band's good, but that drummer's... These are what I call (laughs) musicians' musicians. Oh, yeah. You know, in a sense, because you're not going to know them unless you're a Grateful Dead fan. Right. Or, you know, whatever. But it's in, in that jam band scene of a few things, whatever. But they're just great musicians and also is great music to listen to yeah it's yeah. it's kind of like uh, i lump them in the category um of a dream theater or a porcupine tree right right or a uh ferrari yes there is an instrumental band called yes. ferrari you, mm-hmm. you know them yes really crazy shit but they're 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 along those lines of like the musician bands i, I listen to a lot I know you do. I listen to a lot of music. He's scrolling through his phone, kids. Listen, I'm going through my phone because it's kind of like I have a lot of stuff that I recorded, and I can't play you yet. But no, but you can email me that yeah, shit. I, I need to. Yeah, you yeah. will. You've you've thrown down your own gauntlet to yourself. And <laughs> truly, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just put myself in the crap right there. Yeah, you did. But you know, and because I, I listen from everything from country to hip hop to metal, right? And you know, at any at any given time, and it's funny because we have we for my family we have friends that they'd be like, Alex, listen to the weirdest shit. <laughs> no, you listen to the weirdest shit. Yeah. You listen to Rihanna. <laughs> no, sorry, Rihanna. No, you listen to Cardi B. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm ending right there because uh, I don't know why that chick is even famous. I have no idea. I, I don't even explain it. Just no, don't. I, even I can't explain it. Question. It, it's, it's it's so rhetorical. It doesn't need to be. Oh God. No, you're right. Yeah. So, but you know, at that point, it's like when when someone's like, "Oh, you listen to some weird stuff." I'm like, like I said, you're listening to Cardi B. Put your put your shit back in the bowl. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I've, I don't judge people for it. I, I have two Neil Diamond you. box sets. It's. I'm not judging just you, like but I am like. judging you. Oh, like, I judge you for certain things. I'm just right. saying, if you're if you're into that kind of shit, you're not into music. No, not at all. You're into pop culture. <laughs> you're you're. That's sleep- pretty good. That's good. High five in a microphone. I like, I like that, that too. That was good. Just popped off the top yes. of my head. <laughs> Go me. You're slave to the system. Yep, yep. Yeah. I feel like I've done. I feel like I've accomplished something today. <laughs> <laughs> but please expand your mind, as as George Clinton would say, "We're problem of funkadelic." Free your mind, mm. and your ass will follow. Well, that's it, kids. I got nothing. That was awesome.
Until I, then. Like, yeah, until then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show for the week. Alex, I appreciate you taking the time oh, while you're you. in Louisville to come over and hang out at the office. No, it's not no. as cool as your cubby hole, but my office is kind of cool. Yo, check out the cubby hole. Oh, I, we're, I, we're gonna start doing some stuff from there more. Who me and you? Yeah, you and I. Yes, us. Got to. We need to. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, need is is a better word because you're a few months late on sending me them tracks, fool. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm sorry. What? All right. Yeah, that's what I thought. My bad. <laughs> I just read the state of affairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We're out of here. I hope you guys learned something from Alex. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our time together. I love your face, dude. You're awesome. Appreciate you, brother. You're a monster player. I do my best. You do. You just suck at emailing me shit and calling me back. And Brian knows that. So I'm sure Brian gave you shit while you were here, too. I suck at a lot of things. You don't suck at playing bass, though. Hey. hey. (laughs) Someone likes it. (laughs) All right, dude. So that's it. We're out of here. As I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. Tell them. Go do some shit. Do some shit. Just do something shit. Oh, yeah. All that holiday shit. Make sure you don't spend too much damn money. As Lewis Black would say, when did Thanksgiving become tied to Santa's ass? I'm leaving it there. You leaving it there? Leave it. Out. So until next time, I will talk to you soon. <laughs>